from Wichita, Kansas. It's Black Ooze presents with Art Brute Film. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Wade. <laughs> What's hey, up, everybody. Man? Welcome to Black Ooze presents from cold, wonderful Wichita, Kansas, where Art Brute Film. I'm Wade Hampton. And I'm Ryan A. Johnson. Uh, Ryan pointed out that we should tell who the fuck we are. Yeah. Uh, if you're just now joining us, if you're new to this. Uh, we're you don't know who we of, are. Yeah, you don't know who we are. We're just a couple of dudes from lovely Wichita, Kansas that uh, like to talk about horror movies and sometimes other stuff. So uh, thank you for joining us. This is uh, episode... 12 and it's gonna it's a very large undertaking for us i hope you're ready for a ride because uh wade cooked up a scheme uh that i didn't know if i'd be able to do to be honest with you about halfway through wade what are we doing today what are we talking about well a very quick backstory is uh i called him and said what are we doing next and i had googled i think horror films that take place in the snow (laughs) Or winter horror films. I think it was snow. And Let Me In came up first. And I went, oh. So I called him. And he said, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Then I called him back. And I said, well, shit, do you think we should talk about Let the Right One In and Let Me In? And Ryan said, well, I was going to watch them both anyway. (laughs) I was like, well, then it's kind of a no-brainer that we just talk about both of them. So it's, I don't really want to say it's a versus, but. Well, we'll dig into it when it's time, but it's, I don't, I still argue that it's not a remake. It's just two filmmakers right about the same time doing their same take on the novel. And I think that's what's exciting about it. I think, um, I think like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, that's a remake, you know, Mm, however many decades later, you know, right, right, right. Sorry. Uh, well, that, that was what originally kind of threw me for a loop with this, with let me in because I mean, we've had this interrupt you and say that we never told what we do and who we are after you said that we were supposed to say who we are and what we do. Oh no, no, we did. Um, technically we said who we were in the opening and then I just wanted to state what the podcast is. Oh, I, I thought you meant who we were as individuals. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. you know what? Nobody you want to know more about, about us. Uh, at me filmmaker actor artist yeah Yeah, okay okay good yeah that's what i thought you were talking about here at black who's presents we talk about horror movies filmmaking and sometimes other movies there you go that's basically my tagline good good Uh, good that's from from the middle from the heart of the heartland i don't know can you folks tell that we're still working on this yeah uh well this is controversial only because a very, very long time ago, you came to me and you said, uh, I don't remember what the context was, but basically you said, you got to watch Let Me In. And I said, f- fucking bullshit. Why do I want to do Which that? They already made the kind of everybody's reaction. Movie. Well, it's because it was two years apart. So it was kind of like this weird right. thing where it looks like, well, also... Tell me you don't immediately scoff at the idea of an American version or adaptation of a foreign thing that was already perfect. Say, old boy. Or, um, you know, sometimes you can do it well. But a yeah, couple I don't. of things I'm going to show up. Really? See, I've been burned a few times. Not like super burned. Well, we've but- talked about this in the past, but I've always said as long as 
the originals is the original. No one's touching it. I like to see people's take on it. I'm a big fan of that. Right. But if someone, you know, I'm not trying to bag on the poor guy, but George Lucas, <laughs> he goes back to the, I'm a big Star Wars fan. He goes back to the originals and keeps fucking with them. Now I watch them and they're kind of, uh, they're so CGI added. It's like he's, he's, he's ruining them. But to me, these are another artist taking sometimes original source material or even the same story and saying, here's my take on it. And if it's done well, that's give me a hundred of those. I don't care. I'm super excited. Yeah. I, well, I think what happens in the course of it coming, something really special and unique and an artist's vision then gets then comes to the US and it's not always handled. Usually it's something that became popular elsewhere. So they said, fuck, we got to remake that in American, right. in right. American, I just said, in English. <laughs> Well, in America, is, in English, it probably is in America. Um, yes, and so and so you get this kind of—I don't want to say it's put through like boardrooms and studios and stuff, but it gets Americanized, and sometimes that can not help it. Which I think was the case with "Let Me In." I think it has taken me years. When you told me that, I gasped. I watched it, and I said, "That movie's fucking bullshit." Why would I want to watch that over Americanized, like over the top? Let me in when I've got the perfect version of the story that was already made in Sweden with the perfect and everything. And since then, I mean, without getting in too much of it before we get into it, I'm 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 back and let me in fairly hard. I don't know who's won yet. And I'm going to I'm going to wait First until the all, end of this conversation. I think we can start off with a hot take. We can start <sighs> off with a hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot, you can do a hot take. It, what do you think? And then we'll get into it. I don't think we have to wait till the end. I thought what you is, were getting ready to hot take. Oh, I'll hot take. Hot take. My hot take is that I saw the original let uh, the right one in. Of course, I liked it, but I remember it not sticking with me hardcore. I did like it very much. I think I've changed in what I've liked, you know, over the years. Mm -hmm. And then I saw in the theater, so I saw in the theater, Matt Reeves' version, uh, Let Me In, and I was like, well, there you go. That's it. He fucking nailed it. So I leaned towards Let Me In and honestly okay. felt like I was the only one. I want to say that Andy likes Let Me In better. Andy, do you want to jump in on that? Don't even try to like bring people to your side. No, no I could no, be I'm wrong because he could jump in and say I'm wrong. You're wrong. But I had, I know there's somebody, it might have been Dust. Somebody was kind of like, yeah, I lean on that too. But so I was pretty hardcore on that. Now, I was never a, uh, ever was I, uh, you know, one's great and the other one's a turd. I was never that kind of thing. I think they're both fucking fantastic. I just think aesthetically, Matt Reeves made some deci decisions that I just <sighs> spoke to my soul. Now, the hot take is moving forward. And finally watching these two nights in a row, if I think gun to my head, I think let the right one in is the better film because I think it keeps, I think it holds on to the kind of creepy isolation and kind of the melancholy of childhood loneliness. I think it, it kind of holds on to that uh, uh, mood the whole time mm -hmm. better than let me in. But I still, it, to me, it's apples and oranges. I love them both. I don't really want to pick. I think there's still things that happens in Let Me In, which we'll get into, that I go, yeah, that was cool. 
Just I'll, yeah. I'll throw oh, something yeah. out. I'll throw something out that okay. super small thing. Um, uh, I think that Abby's hand, uh, penmanship is cool. That it's mm-hmm. like 200 years old because you know I was reading a kind of a review of it, and they were theorizing that she'd been around for a couple hundred years. So the fact that she's gotten better at writing and it's so old timey, looks like you're looking at some fucking pirate map for God's sakes. I thought mm-hmm. that is a an extremely good thing, but in the let the right one in, it's kind of it's still pretty childlike and it's kind of different, but it doesn't really read a lot into it. But when you see her writing these notes to him, and you're like, Holy shit, the f- they find what is this on the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> I mean, that's I'm, great. I'm learning so much about this film just every second I think more about it or like research it a little bit more. Uh, well, about both of these films. And I think, okay, so my hot take is going into this, I was, I thought it was way over Americanized. And it's only because of one scene, maybe the two. The car is incredible. It's the yeah, tunnel, it it's the tunnel. Oh, that is my biggest problem. It's because it went into that sped up CGI zombie thing where it was like, like, uh, right. like, right. like, uh, which was big watch, right then. Watch them crawl. When you watch yeah. someone crawl up something, they get that kind of skittery kind of. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I get it. It was a decision. Um, and it could have been, it could have been cool. Uh, but that, that really ruined my, uh, remembrance of this film. And then you watch it and you go, okay, well, this is a beautiful, near shot for shot remake of let the right one in no i'm kidding <laughs> i was gonna say well, yeah <laughs> there's i think i think there it, is a case to be made that yes they might have been adapting this at the same time that the swedish film is well being I, I was wrong on that, like that. Oh, Let me, okay. i was wrong on that i i researched that the best i could and yeah, I the story that i found was that hammer uh, saw it at the premiere of wherever it premiered and pretty mm-hmm. much instantly bought the English rights to it because, and I think they were smart to say this is, come on, especially with dumb Americans, they're not going to go watch a subtitled Swedish film. They're just not. Most people aren't. So they're like, hey, this is a fantastic story. Let's write. Let's get the Ameri- or the English rights. Actually, it was American British. That's what Hammer is. And uh, we'll do our version. They offered it to the director, which I don't have in front of me. I do. Where is his name? I have too many things open. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm on the wrong thing. Sorry. I really am doing this. Right. Oh, you're fine. I, I will just say while you do that, I was uh, shocked when I saw Hammer come across the screen because, A, I didn't shit. know they were still making stuff. And, B, are they still making I think they stuff? still are. And that was one of the first times in forever that I went, holy shit. John I, Linguist is the guy that wrote the novel. Oh, yes. And that's not what I was getting ready to say. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. So uh, Thomas Alfredson. Alfredson was a Swedish director, and he was offered to do a funny games and uh, direct it again. And he said, I'm too old to direct the same film twice. I want to go on and tell some more stories. So Hammer did to offer do what? Thomas oh. Alfredson that directed uh, Let Sorry. the Right One In was offered to direct Let Me In, the uh, English, English So you're saying version. to do a funny games type of scenario where – Funny games Anakin, where they had the same director came Michael, back and did it twice. Anakin, yeah, which – and it was like a shot-for-shot shot thing. It just had like faces you were And it's still fantastic. And, I mean, it's still yeah. terrifying. I know. But, but I understand why man. he's like, I just made it. Why am I making it again? Yeah, I get that. But they hand it to Matt Reeves, 
who <clears throat> obviously is right now hot. finishing up the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Well, and at the time he would have been hot because of Cloverfield. Right. Right. It's kind of a big deal. And I remember not caring for Cloverfield that much. I like Cloverfield, but I didn't go into it knowing anything about anything. I just went in and went, oh, this looks cool. It was blown away and instantly it was like, this director's amazing. And then he went on and directed the second, third uh, uh, Planet of the Apes films, you know, War of and whatever the other one is, which oh, are really? great films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, one I saw with Coco, by the way. And uh, yeah. now he went on to, well, like I said, he's doing the Batman now. And Greg Frazier, who shot Let Me In, is also shooting the Batman. Oh, no who shit. Also, yeah, who also shot uh, Kill Them Slowly, if you haven't ever seen them, with uh, Brad Pitt. Is that what it's called? Killing, Killing them, them Softly. Kill Them Softly. Killing Them Softly. Which is a, it's a great a mafia film. What else did oh, he shoot? Okay. got another Ooh, really big life. film. Anyway, he's great. So I, Greg Frazier can do no wrong in my eyes, but I'm already rambling. So no, you're good. I think they that, get I Michael think that they, Giacch Giacchino uh, to do the music for it too? Because if they did, they're in good hands. It's funny because all but one scene in uh, uh, Let Me In, I was like, oh, his music's great. But at the it was the point where the uh, uh, cop was going to the bathroom, you know, mm -hmm. to un unveil that she was uh, in the bathtub. I thought the music was just terrible. It was so big. And so it was just like, it was just beating you over the head. It was, oh, okay. and Gooding always said the best music you don't notice, you know, because it just aged right. so well. But I was almost like, this is embarrassingly over the top. Oh. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> Jesus. He has been with him uh, throughout. Which is pretty cool. He's on the Batman. He's doing, uh, he did uh, the soundtrack for Cloverfield and composed War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, Michael Giacchino. Uh, I recognized his name because I listen to the Zootopia score sometimes. And it's awesome. It's so awesome. It's a great and film. he did, it is a great film. Um, he did the score for that. And it's, it's just lovely. He also did the score for Coco. Oh, that's Good Lord. huge. And, uh, that was a, man, that's a busy man. Composer for Jojo Rabbit, too. Oh, no, you should see his You should see his IMDb. It's insane. But I recognize the name from Zootopia. Good for him. <laughs> um, so, you know what's funny about this whole thing, and then we can just dive right into one or the other or both. I don't even know how we're going to do this. Uh, so, I was... Rewatching them, I realized the things that I, the things that they changed in Let Me In from Let the Right One In, which isn't much, uh, actually work better for me, which is like the introduction of the detective and, uh, mm -hmm. and a few other things. And so, yeah, there's a lot about this. I think I side with Ellie and Oscar over. Abby and Owen, Ellie and Oscar from Let the Right. It's One funny in. because I personally, I, I just, I'm team Ellie and Owen. <laughs> oh, okay. So you like the you're gonna, you're yeah. gonna pick the one or the other. And I don't get me wrong, I love. Uh, 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 God dang it! I got to get these things open for me. Chloe Grace Moretz, and I think she does a great job. But I don't think you can beat uh, Lena. Linderson is Ellie. I mean, she's it's flawless. 
And I mean, they do screw with their eyes in a couple of shots to make them bigger and everything, but she just seems, well, full disclosure, I said before we started, uh, Ryan, I was like, you know, what's the, let's have a discussion about, does this poor boy have his, well, let's just say a penis cut off and is now living life as a girl and uh, let the right one in. And he said, well, I kind of sometimes took it as he kept, she kept saying in both the films, you know, I'm not a girl. And he said, maybe that I'm just kind of, I'm nothing. Well, she says that actually, and let me in, I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. And so they don't really get into what she is or isn't, but I felt like uh, um, Ely or Ellie, is that it? Ellie? Ellie. They say, they pronounce it Ely. I'm calling her Ellie just because okay. it's easier. I think Ellie <laughs> does such a good job of kind of breaking your heart and you not even knowing who she is, but she doesn't know who she is. I mean, that's kind of the loneliness of the whole thing. Or I think Chloe Moratz, or how do we say her name? Could You could argue it feels a little bit more of obviously a Hollywood performance, you know, mm -hmm. and she's great. I mean, that's why she is. She's in everything. Yeah. But I think, but then you go with uh, Owen over Oscar. Oscar <laughs> is was fantastic. He's a weird kid. And they do a good job of making him a oh, weird yeah. kid. And he's just kind of slightly, I don't want to say bothersome, but maybe it's bothersome, where Cody Scott McPhee, if that's what his name is, is... Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, he's the best. You go watch uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road when they adapted that. I mean, he's the best there is. And watching him, he's so freaking fantastic. So part of me is like, boy, I really wish I could see... <laughs> Ellie and Cole across from each other just to see how that would be. So they're all great. Again, it's hard to, but yeah, I don't think yeah. I have. So I crisscross them versus what you said. I felt like they played the um, the Abby character in Let Me In. I felt like they played her not more sinister, but that was the first instance where I thought, oh, I didn't even put it together that perhaps she may be taking advantage of someone to use him as her keeper, as I was like writing it down at one point, and then I realized oh, he's just called like the father. Prepping him from day one. Prepping him from day one, knowing now that, okay, um, the guy that has been with me this whole time is gone. I need someone to handle this shit. This guy seems just psycho enough to go along with all of this. And uh, he seems to um, really like me. So I'm just going to play. And they played that up in uh, Let the Right One In because in Let Me In, they don't re show any of that. But in Let the Right One In, they show Oscar with all his clippings of murderers and that he's basically fascinated by psychos and serial killers. And he has a propensity towards, I'd really like to stab a motherfucker, <laughs> which lends well to being a keeper. Because she's like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to need you to stab a lot of motherfuckers. She's like, I, this is what I want to do. Where I'm I feel I can let that. me in. Owen is not that kid. I mean, he, he is, though. But I, well, I think he fantasizes about payback against being bullied. And going on a quick tangent, I think that's one of the things let me in did better. I think they showed the, the, uh, the, the lineage of bullying. Because when they show the brother and let me in, he's kind of goofing around with his little brother, but they show the bigger brother and let me in and he's abusive to his brother who's abusive to Owen. 
because he calls oh, me a little see, girl. I took them both. I took them both as abusive. I took it and let me or let the right one in. I felt like the brother was a little more get over here, noogie on the head kind of brother. Wherein let me in, he was just a abusive piece of shit. And that kid I don't have in front of me was going to was it Seth? I just I hate I don't, oh, I like, and let me like, in. Yeah, his name was that like, kid's been in everything. He's great, Kenny. He was in um, Don't Breathe. Uh, that that Fede kid. Alvarez one. His name's Dylan Minette, and he's been in all sorts of stuff. He's oh, Kenny. Talented. That kid. I'm just gonna say it. You want to punch that fucker in the face? He's so good oh. at making such a stink eye, little snotty. That the whole time they showed him from like across the room, you're like, I just want to walk over and punch that kid right in the fucking face. So he was well cast. And they did a really good job of showing he's abused, so he wants to abuse somebody else. Because, you know, not to go off on that, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a nice statement. It's like, well, abuse, you know, I think it's begats nice more abuse. You know? I think it's a nice statement, but I kind of hate it when they do that, when they go, uh, he's a bully because he gets bullied. So now you feel for him. And it's like, I don't know, this you're kind of making this guy seem like a real piece of shit. I don't well, know. I mean, it I doesn't, guess it it doesn't feel justify it. I mean, a lot of people were bullied that don't go on to be terrible people to other people. So, yeah. But I could go on a whole tangent about my thought on that. That has nothing to do with this film. I don't want to because it'd be 30 minutes. But, you know, I've had things that happened in my family and to our family. And I've always had a little part of me that sympathizes with abusers. I'm not patting them on the back. But when you kind of break it down, you're like, you know, there's people who uh, you don't know their whole story and what's going on at home and everything. But. But then again, there's plenty of people you find out. They're like, no, they're just awful fucking people. They've had everything yeah. handed to them, Donald Trump. And they're just awful fucking people. But um, I so really I guess the, my whole – well, no, my whole point there was Abby in Let Me In really seems like uh, – how did I write it? I wrote that she – it's not that she's taking advantage of the situation. It's like she's – it's – so I, I guess I felt – an actual maybe Ellie in Let the Right One In actually kind of did start to really like Oscar. And let's not take into account the age difference there. Jesus. Uh, but the... the uh, she's oh, you mean by 200 years? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, yeah, she's really into this little I'll kid. I'll be back in 10 seconds. Yeah, you're good. I'm back. So yeah, I just I really take it. I I, I guess I um, I feel like Ellie comes to lo- you know really kind of fall for Oscar in a sense, whereas I felt like uh, Clo- um, Abby Chloe Grace Moretz kind of always seemed like she was just kind of more kind of taking advantage of the situation. I guess I could see seemed- that. I never thought that, but now that you're saying it, it it, it did probably. And I'm sure- uh, it probably plays that way. I agree. And I'm sure Ellie is also taking advantage of the situation. Why not? Also, and let let me in, they make a point of showing her with the kid in like the 50s or something. And I think there's like a picture of Chloe which Grace is, Moretz as herself. And isn't which that is, the father? Is it supposed to be Richard Jenkins, I assume? Yeah. Right. 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 Which so I thought was a, like, nice. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice change and a nice touch. 
So then it's like history's repeating yeah. itself because Richard, like, you know, these humans eventually die. So I got to find right. a new one. And so then it just kind of takes away any chance for this to even be a sort of weirdos finding weirdos and finding love kind of thing. I don't even know if this is meant to be a romantic film at its core. But it, well, I th- I've it given some thought to it. this because it's something you said really hit home, not hit home, but hit hard was when you said, let's not talk about the age difference. It's like, well, and, and let me in. They suggest by showing her handwriting and everything that, you know, she's evolving, you know, because obviously, well, my handwriting's atrocious, but your handwriting now versus, you know, second grade is obviously going to look a lot different because you're getting older. But if you're permanently trapped as a 12-year-old, how much of you is permanently tra- trapped as a 12-year-old? You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where I'm there's wondering. There's a part of you that's that like up. when either one of them finds themselves attracted to this other person. For me, I guess the way I justified it is, well, they're trapped as 12-year-olds. These are 12-year-olds that are lonely finding, you know, somebody else finding your freaks, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there is something touching there. But if they hardcore allude to, I'm a 200-year-old man trapped in the this little woman's body and I like you little boy, then it gets on its pedophilia. And I read a review where they talked about pedophilia and I was like, well, yeah, I guess if you look at it that way, but to me, I I wasn't a big fan of the film, but interview with the vampire has, what's her name? Kirsten Dunst trapped in mm-hmm. like, what is she, eight or nine? You know. She's quite young, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, and I think that they kind of allude that she's kind of always eight or nine. I mean, you have to get more intelligent, I would assume, but I don't know how. I mean, yeah. obviously- to argue, how does that work? Because it doesn't actually happen, but it, in a fictional sense, it does kind of go, well, it's kind of important to the story. Yeah, Wade, how do vampires? How if you're a little baby vampire, you're always a little baby? Or do you get a little, or do you get an adult brain, that little baby head it's going, like boss some baby. bullshit? Yeah, it's like boss yeah. baby. I feel like you you keep learning, you keep growing in here, in your but brain. You got, little, but, you got your little baby dick, you got, little you got baby your little baby dick. hands, got little baby feet, and your little... <laughs> Baby cool. frustrated. <laughs> boss baby. I haven't even uh, seen it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. You're boss baby. I haven't baby. seen it either. I think he smokes I a just, cigar. They, I just dr- like how we, we're back on evil babies. Uh, vampire <laughs> babies this time. It's not devil babies. It's vampire babies this uh, time. Oh, God. Next time we it's, talk about werewolf babies. Neither one of us has kids, so this there's something in here. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a through line that goes through all of our episodes is uh, is is no, Children are best. evil. Yeah, children are evil. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's a takeaway. You should listen you should. to Black Goose Presents. They eventually talk about the evil of children. <laughs> Always. 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 <laughs> and most people that even have kids would be like, yeah, I get it. I don't know. I've had times where I want to chuck my kid in a dumpster. Um, Richard <laughs> Jenkins can do no wrong. I just want to put that out there. Oh, man. Cabin I got to point out something before I forget. I got to point out something. I got to point out something before I forget. Elias Coteus. I fucking Sorry. love him. Did you realize he's also the voice of the father on the phone? That's him at the end when he's talking to his dad. That's oh, Elias. Really? Yes. I kept saying that sounds like the policeman. So on Amazon, you push that little button and it says something like highlight. And it tells the actors. It says, oh, yeah. this is Elias Coteus, uh, father on phone. And I'm like, why huh. actor? That's he's so weird. Cool. He's cool. Well, he's really great, cool. but he's not supposed to be the. He's not. He's not the father. Clearly, 
It just seemed lazy that Matt Reeves like, hey, Elias, you want to come over here and do the father's voice too? No one's going to tell it's you, believe me. I don't care. But it sounded exactly like That threw me off for a while because I paused and I was like, is he supposed to be the dad too? Anyway. Oh, there's a twist for you. See, that would be, I would expect that in an American twist. The dad. But he's standing uh, in front of him because remember he comes to the door and the mom answers. Yeah, I know. That's why I was even better. But no, what I'm saying is I was like, oh shit. Is he? And then I went, no. Then it really bothered me. It's like, why did they use him on the phone? Why don't they grab the fucking sound guy or the director and go, oh, I can do the father's voice real quick. Yeah, surely they didn't have any money to make this film. Yes. Sorry, we don't have enough people. We have to get Elias to be the father because he didn't even try. It just sounded like him. Like, hey, man. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Just sounded his voice. But he's great. Uh, All the way he back is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Their first live action one. He was like the. Was he Casey Jones? No, he wasn't. Yeah, Casey Jones. well, he was a guy that was running around with them. They had like hockey mask on. Oh, Casey Jones. Oh, really? That yeah, that's yeah. it. No, no way. Wow. Famed character actor Elias Coteus. He is the best. Uh, that was names. the best addition to this film, except the car scene, the second car scene, the real one. Um, the, he was the best addition to this storyline is the kind of detective that's kind of following along and trying to piece together what's happening. Because in Let the Right One In, I felt the I, the only thing that this time around just didn't quite work for me as much is is tying in these other people from the town this uh this group of friends that um you know eventually one of them gets picked off and and they're kind of close enough to the situation that they're around to be victims yeah I, it kind of bugs me a little well, bit i actually kind of liked that because, you know, they introduced the guy in the beginning. He's in there peeing outside the window. <laughs> and he, like, kind of looks over his shoulder when the guy's, like, putting all the cardboard up on the window, which I thought was a nice thing. Then they're just kind of hanging out, getting drunk at the local corner thing. And they're kind of like, hey, let's invite him over. Maybe he'll buy a round. So it was interesting to see. Because, you know, you don't get to know the people who get picked off and let me in. You know, they're all, which I kind of like the mm-hmm. rear window aspect that, can we just take a moment to say one of the nice things that let me in did was when they showed Owen with that creepy mask on with his fucking knife. Jesus. I was Christ. like, okay, this is, I mean, he was like, he was, he was little Jason, you know, just with that. But I thought there's your horror film. Just that kid walking around with that fucking mask on. Yeah. Cause talking. he's obviously not the psychopath of these, of Oscar and Owen. Well, it's a good point. <laughs> it's a good point. Cause when you say that you do go, all right, all right. He has this in him. But I still looked at it as, as someone who has been bullied. I don't know that you've been bullied. I, I was bullied, as mo- as a lot of people were. Yeah, you have fantasies of just being able to fucking go to school and be 10 foot tall and bulletproof and put your fist through well, the yeah. back of someone's head about a thousand times. So I could see standing there with a mask and a thing going, I scared the fuck out of them. But if somebody goes, you should do it, you're like, I'm not going to actually do it. I'm just going to stand I never really got it. I never really got it too bad. Uh, not that I can remember other other otherwise and maybe I blocked a bunch of stuff out but um I can't like I don't have memories of of you know intense bullying I as you can tell I uh I'll charm you or I'll fly under the radar and no one will even know I'm there that's that's how I roll 
Well, yeah. Well, fucking good for you. <laughs> Thanks for this episode. Of, then it just hears me going. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not sympathetic. I fucking hate bullies. No, no, I no, 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 no. I didn't hate think you were the. Yeah, I, I'm saying if you were writing it sincerely and you've been through it, I think that you come from a place of. Eh, but you're right. I mean, you're just you. You opened up something that made me kind of go. Eh, I never thought of that because I really did think, God, there's a real difference between Owen and Oscar and what they want to be because they blatantly hit you over the head. I know I just mentioned this, but Oscar's got his collection of, you know, newspaper clippings, mm -hmm. murders, and you're kind of yeah. going, oh, <laughs> where Owen just seems like a bored kid who's like, I'm so fucking tired of being scared 24-7 because I thought they just, not 10 times much, I thought it was bigger, but they do amp it up more that it's just constant with him. Mm -hmm. And he's a good kid. Even that damn fucking spitball. You know, Ugh, gross. I, they used to do that in my school. I never got hit by one, but there's guys that would put the eighth graders would do it to the seventh graders. Guys would put it like a whole roll of paper in their mouth for a whole class period till it was just goop. When they walked out, they'd just throw it and hit somebody in the head with this just spitball. Everybody, ah. Ah. and these guys would just be like, there was always the picked on kids, had to stop for a second and wipe this stuff off. And everybody, ah. so when I saw that, I thought. I bet Matt Reeves <laughs> was a, got hit by one of those fucking things once. And I remember yeah. thinking, I remember being just like, I fucking hate this shit. Dude, that, I think that in, um, in Let Me In, I feel like they did amp it up. And it kind of, I mean, not that you needed any more reason to feel sorry for this poor bullied kid. But even like early on, they, they like give him that atomic wedgie. And oh, which probably he's cutting. like pissing himself. Yeah, it's and probably it's hurting so him. degrading, and he's screaming, yeah. and it's so sad. Like no one helps him. I don't think I needed that. And the other one, they just piss on his pants, and and he finds them in a urinal. But like in this day, oh man, well, it's I, just, think it's he, so I think they gross did and violent, and I kind of felt like they did because I thought what Matt Reeves did, which I thought was important, is. These kids are pretty shitty. I mean, no, kids don't deserve to be decapitated, but these kids are pretty shitty. I mean, uh, they, 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 they're pretty shitty. But then I thought he did a, I thought it was a very important thing that Matt Reeves brought in the shittier brother who is abusive. I thought that was important. And he was a real piece of shit because let's face it to me, at least for me, it's like if uh, uh, Abby's going to literally swoop down and fucking destroy these Guys, especially him, you kind of want to go, good for you. <laughs> you don't want to go, Jesus Christ, chill out a little bit. Damn. I mean, she is killing innocent people. I mean, they, you know, her and Ellie are doing it in both films. You know, it's just like, I'm hungry. Sorry. But he was going to drown that kid. In he both was going to drown, drown that kid in both of those films. I got to say something, two things. Remind me about the hand in the pool. I got to say something. Okay. If we, this wasn't stated before, I think it was. We've discovered in older episodes of Black Ooze Presents that at the if you have to extreme pick a monster, Ryan A. Johnson is Team Werewolf. <laughs> I am Wade A. Hampton. Wade Andrew Hampton is Team Vampire. Oh, I am, I am down vampire. We got ourselves. I've been working a rough outline for our first. Uh, uh, um, well, I guess it's been going on a while for Art Brute Film, but vampires and the 
kind of tapping into what vampires are have always been in this kind of ongoing story that our brute film's telling. Back to No One Gets Out Alive, which is the first yeah. thing we ever did, starring Ryan A. Jansen and his lovely wife, Cassandra Twitchell. I mean, one of the opening shots is her with her neck wrapped in gauze with two little red droplets on there because she'd been bitten earlier. And what does she do? She kills Ryan by biting guys, him on the neck. Guys, what Wade is saying is, my wife is so fucking hot and cool. <laughs> You guys should all be super jealous. This is a this she's is a, a vampire. Point. She's a vampire, <laughs> and she really is. Um, but oh, the hand! I know I was going to say, I, I didn't back it up, oh, but I, I'm pretty sure and let the right one in his hands backwards underwater because he's on the side uh, of the pool. His hand should be a certain way, but when they show it, it's like turned a different way. Oh, holy shit! That, that pool sequence. I saw an outtake, or I saw them shooting it. Oh, really? I Let the right that. one in? That's I great. thought those feet were fake going they across the water. Somebody. They just, they got them up on this like wooden thing, this wooden track with this big harness, and they just like drug them so that the feet went that's through the right. water backwards like that. And that's another reason why this film is way better than the other one because uh, you get foot drag, you get head drop, and you get arm drop. And it's all that's practical. It. And she yeah. pulls him out, and it's like, holy shit. But I didn't realize his arm might have been backwards, and that's a real problem. No, now I'm saying <laughs> probably isn't. Now I have to go back and watch it. No, do I still have it? I rented one for, I bought Let Me In. Oh, smart. I think I'm going to go I back and it buy at a the other sale. And I like, yes, I bought the DVD for like a dollar. Sad thing is, I probably have it somewhere. <laughs> I probably <laughs> bought it. I probably actually have a freaking Blu ray down there. It's like, oh shit. I had to change my TV settings because of my download of Let Me In. It came in really, you know, when you see footage that hasn't had a, is it a LUT? A LUT yeah. put on it? You know, it's when it's uh -huh. just a blog just or whatever. Gray. That's what it looked like. And I was like, what is going on? So I went through my settings and found one called Vivid where it went, <laughs> like crunched everything. And so it looked good. It was that gray and ugly. But that. I mean, it was even the bars were like real light. It was bad. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is Amazon giving me? So, after I got through, I had to go back and kind of tweak it. And then my you TV. promptly called Amazon customer service. Hello, Jeff Bezos. I think you've downloaded a bad copy of Let Me In. Could you rectify this immediately? <laughs> Could I have my $3.99 back, please? He's like, blocked forever. I don't care. I'm a trillionaire. Go fuck yourself. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so his hand may or may not be backwards. I just remember at the time going, wait a second. His hand should be... Then I thought, stop doing this. Watch the movie. <laughs> it's not important. I find um, something interesting uh, while we're, I mean, since we're just kind of comparing the two, something that I found really interesting is, uh, well, I mean, for starters, I just want to talk about, and it was almost my background for this Zoom call, was the opening of uh, uh, Let the Right One In is just so beautiful because it's like yes. black screen and it's no, kind of yeah. lit on the side and it's just snow coming across, kind of eraser heady, but like more realistic and it's just gorgeous. Uh, and then I like that phrase, eraser head, but more realistic. <laughs> yes. Eraser well, head just has a feel like it's like on That's a good. I just want that on a t shirt. Eraser head, but more realistic. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, and then the, you just see the words on the bottom and you hear him say in Swedish, I'm guessing, uh, squeal like a pig. Yep. And it's just like, ugh, God, that is, that is awful. And it kind of gets into it. But then I noticed in Let Me In, instead of. Um, them kind of going back and forth. The bully calls him a little piggy. Hey, it just dawned like to me. Pig. Is it called a, is it called a lute or a lut? It's a lut. 
It's it's L U T. I don't know how it's pronounced. It's a LUT, which is a color correction term. I had to add a LUT to it, so I had to let me in. <gasps> Andy, you can go ahead and just edit that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just said it, it made my ears go, let me in. That's what I had to do. I had to let me in. I had to let me in, let me in. Sorry. You get a you get a you that's get a, a color correction that's nerd like, joke. Anybody that knows color correction, that's look up great. L-U-T. It's called a lookup table. Sorry. Uh, no one's gonna get that joke. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would just no, so the film nerds are gonna love it. <laughs> uh so I think it's really interesting, and I don't know what they were trying to do other than maybe just distance it from the other one, but let me in the bully um constant like dig and put down that he adopts is calling him a girl. He says, hey, little girl, you're a little girl. You're a girl, 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 girl. And in the first one, it's pig. Squeal like a pig. You're a little piggy. You know, all these sort of things. It's not like he's fat or anything. Even like though that. when he he's bonked him like, on the noise, he says, boop. And the thing underneath <laughs> it says, oink. I know. He should have said, she really should have said oink. And maybe, maybe boop well, is That's what I mean. Swedish, Swedish, maybe boink is oink. Oh, is that where the Swedish chef sounds like he does? Hey, boinky, erky. Is he just erky. making pig No, he noises? says boop. He goes, oh. boop. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we all do, you know, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. It's like, uh, 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 what's his name from uh, Superbad? When he hits him on the nose, like, I love you, boop. What's oh, that? yeah. Michael Sarah gets that. Yeah. by, J- what's his name? Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Yeah. But he says boop, and then underneath it, it says oink. And I was like, I don't think that's the same word at all. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of this uh, this idea of he's a girl, and that makes him less than and and then he even carries that over later on when she says, I can help you. And he's like, he says, you're, you're a, girl. a girl. Like, what can you do? And I find it, it really interesting. I, I feel like that whole film is kind of really about her, like what she is and what she's capable of. And I guess maybe people underestimating her because they think she's just a girl and she couldn't. Right do these crimes or murders. Cause even when they start looking for, he had a daughter, he had a girl, he had a, you know, we got to find her. They don't think she's like killing people. At least I don't think they do. Right. Because she's a girl. How could she? I don't know. It's wild. No, it's a good guys. I mean, because you sit there and think no one's going to look at the cute little innocent girl as being this mass murderer. And uh, we should point out that the last film we did was house of the devil. And this film, uh, both, well, at least it's pretty close to, but let me in. They both take place in 1983. So I was watching Let Me In, and yeah. it said uh, Los Alamos, New Mexico, or wherever they right. are, 1983. Right. And I said, these are supposed to be, why is this set in the 80s? The other one wasn't set in the 80s. Yeah, well. And I ha- I know. <laughs> it, just, it just didn't hit me over the head with right, it. Right, like, right, yeah. An American version of it does where they go, let's go to the arcade and let's have a Pac-Man. Right, let's right, do right. The, You know, where they, they both have the Rubik's Cube. Nostalgia. But you're right. Then I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, duh. It's a fucking Rubik's Cube. Who's playing Nobody with the Rubik's Cube? Nobody has cell phones. And, you know, yeah, all this kind of stuff. But it's yeah. funny because you look at Sweden and you just go, no, that's modern day Sweden, not 1980s Sweden. <laughs> it's, it's funny like, oh, though. Maybe I'm the dumb American. Uh, is it Norwegian or Swedish? But Nokia is either a Swedish or Norwegian oh. company, and literally everybody has cell phones. 
I mean, they were one of the first countries to get rid of all uh, uh, um, phone booths because everybody oh, really? walking around. Yeah, I saw a thing on 2020 about it. Everybody talks in their cell phone and texts all day long, but they can't talk to each other face to face. And where this, it's like they would show them at these like dances and these people would dance, but they wouldn't talk to each other. But then they'd go home and get on their phones. So it's like everybody's like techno technologically hooked up. So this is obviously pre all that. But yeah, good old early 80s. It just goes back to what I said in House of the Devil. I mean, I was born in 67. So this would have been my high school years. So all this kind of stuff aesthetically excites me because, you know, you just go, oh, hey, oh, hey, I used to do that. Hey, <laughs> it's like watching Stranger Things. I mean. We've right. been over this a thousand times, but everything about those. I go, and then, especially in Let Me In, all the music, there was plenty of great oh. 80s songs. I was like, Yeah, and they're doing, uh, uh, I think I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning oh Japanese. I really think so. I'm going, yay! It's where Wonder Woman screwed up. They could have put all these 80s hits. Nope, none. Idiots. Because yep. they didn't have enough money. Where Wonder Woman didn't have screwed enough money. Up. That low budget Wonder Woman didn't have enough money. And you were right. Oh, I went back and watched the trailer. And it was Blue Monday, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think total so. Total guess. <laughs> Are you serious? Total guess. That was a total guess, yeah. I think it is. How oh does it feel? That's the song? Yeah, I think they yeah. use it. To treat me like you do. I don't think it's slow. Blah, I think it's... Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm just like, that seems like a Transformers I know what you mean, thing yeah. or something, you know, blah, where blah, they blah, have blah. like... Some girl it's with almost sweet like voice it's, doing like Nirvana, and it's like, uh, or well, I guess if it's '80s, let's say, uh, like uh, "Kickstart My Heart." Oh, but I know what you're saying. Like a an acoustic, yeah. Man. People go, "Oh my god, that's Motley Crue!" You were right. I'll. I think wow. somebody saw the final cut and said, "Why is there no '80s songs in this?" Well, we'll put it in the trailer. That way, people know what to expect when they watch the movie. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to fucking happen. Anyway, oh, there's something else I was going to scream out. Oh, I want to point out something else that I thought was a really good call from Matt Reeves and let me in is you never see the parents. That was something that I thought was really interesting on researching. I realized, oh, no shit. You don't see the parents. You don't. That, that you kind of see her in the very isolated. opening shot. You see the mom in the reflection in the window pretty clearly. But other than that, they always blur or they always cut her head out. The dad obviously is just on the phone, played by the same guy who is the cop. But they 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 it, they double down on the isolation of the parents kind of not being there for their child. Where in uh, Let the Right One In, they blatantly show the mom and the dad. Yeah, yeah, they do. So I mean, what is I mean, what is he saying? Is it just further? Is he just saying that further isolated and left yeah. to your own devices? I think your kid you're is, gonna, doesn't really have anybody that's you have no guidance. Truly, so they're for him. A monster. And I think that Abby feels the same way. I mean, since the father, which is weird to me, but Richard Jenkins is basically saying maybe I want to get caught. He says that early on, and. He's starting to check out. I think it's funny that they describe him as a 55-year-old man at the beginning because I'm 53. And I looked this up and he was 63 when he did it. And I was like, bitch, that guy ain't fucking 55 years old. How old do you think I feel? But if you've been doing that since you were 12, I'm sure he's like, I don't want to go out and kill another person and drag their dead ass somewhere and string it up and all the things he had to keep doing and keep doing. And he's getting too old. I mean... At my age, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like we're not, we're not spry sixteen year olds. I don't want to have to do this shit every day. And I, you wonder. One of the questions I had is, how often did she have to feed? How many, how many times do you think they had to go kill somebody? Is this once a month? Is once a day? I was wondering the same thing. Because it seemed like he was kind of like, ah, again. 
I wrote down. Where did I write it down? Good lord, I have so many notes for two movies, um, and half of them are not legible. Uh, I have zero because I'm a asshole. Wow. No, it's because of that steel trap of yours. That shit. That brain. Barely. Uh, I put. I basically put something to the effect of dumping that body seemed like a lot of work, but the sled was a nice choice. Yes, <laughs> I thought the same thing when he was dragging. Him. I was like, "Oh, that's a sled. God bless." Uh, maybe that was. Well, it, it's funny. They Go, started to really blend together. Here's, here's something you can to speak back. to. I was watching it. Hand to God, I was watching one of them. I can't remember which one. And I said, "That's got to be heavy." I remember, and I'm thinking this to myself. Very first thing the Art Brute film ever did. Uh, that long form music video. No one gets out alive for Gooding. The band Gooding. Ryan Johnson here had to carry with Rod Pokich watch it had to carry his wife up the stairs. She mm-hmm. wasn't dead. She was drugged. And you guys were like, fuck, this is heavy. <laughs> she was drugged in the film. Yeah. In the just, film. Yeah. Not in real life, but she's supposed to just be, so she's she dead weight. To be. And Cassandra yeah. is not a very big person. And Ryan and uh, Rod are you oh. know, full, full grown dudes. And they were like, Oh, oh. that's two guys carrying one woman. So anytime I now see somebody carrying, quote unquote, dead weight, I did air quotes, um, I think, okay, that's really heavy. Yeah, yeah. She won't but, want me saying this on 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 recording, but yeah, she she's heavy. <laughs> well, and the poor girl smacked the fuck out of her feet and had bruises all over it because we yeah. got slammed up those uh, cement stairs going on that. Yeah. Yeah. So she's we kind of got her in like a Christ pose, arm yeah. uh, arm on my on arm on me, arm on rod, and her feet are dangling. And so yeah, they kind of slap <laughs> these concrete the steps stairs. of this old schoolhouse. Yeah. Uh, like uh, pop, pop, pop all the way up. And she was a fucking trooper though, man. She took so much abuse throughout that whole. Yeah, she did. Shoot. Man. We had her in practically her underwear out in the freezing cold, walking barefoot (laughs) through uh, cold. And then the cops all surrounded us or the security guards and made us move on. I thought they were going to shoot us. To keep sticking blood in her mouth and have her throw it up, quote unquote, air quotes, into a bucket and and, uh, fake duct tape things to her head. She got drug around and tied up and, oh my God, tied to beds and. She's Jesus. been covered head to toe in chocolate syrup because <laughs> it was black she doesn't, I wonder why she doesn't do our brute film productions anymore. Yeah, I I've shown a lot of interest lately. Can't imagine why. She did tell me once a long time ago, you should ask her if she still wants to. She told me once before she dies, she said, I have to write a scene where she walks up underwater. She has to be submerged underneath and come up out of a pool of blood. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I said, fuck yeah, man, let's do that. Now, that was a decade ago. <laughs> this may not be Coco in her 30s. Now, it's like, I don't fucking want to be anywhere near that. But She says, can I just be script supervisor yeah, so I can fun. just hang out and follow along? Nobody plays Sinister better than Coco Twitchell. It's true. I do, man, if she were 12 years old, put her in the... Yeah. In the she Let can do creepy in. eyes, and you just go, "Oh shit!" When she locks into him, you're just like, "Get the fuck out of the room," because she will she murder looked, everybody. Yeah, I'm sure Ryan's seen those eyes a few times. Not, Not a few. <laughs> Not acting. IRL. He's Ryan sober now. I just want to call it so he probably doesn't see him much anymore. Yeah, everything is peachy <laughs> in this household nowadays. Believe me, I got most of my dagger eyes from her out. Oh, Early God on. Bless God bless her. Um, God bless her. That's a Southern thing. My friend Noel her. always says that. God bless him. And then he says something terrible. 
Oh, God bless him. He said, that's a Southern thing. Oh, well, God bless him. Now let me say something awful. May the Dark Lord bless you. Uh, (laughs) Who do you think? So I'm guessing you're um, in the character of father, you know, quote unquote father, caregiver, familiar, vampire familiar. You're giving it to (laughs) Richard Jenkins over. (laughs) Why that made me laugh? He's a familiar. I was sitting here just kind of thinking off into space and I, I was like, how long is he going to keep trying to qualify this guy? <laughs> Older guy, guy in his 50s, not really 50s, in his 60s, no. bald. Uh, you mean Richard Jenkins? Yeah, Richard Jenkins. Go ahead. No, I meant who's the better in that character? I think it's apples and oranges. This is a perfect example. They're both fantastic because they played right. it so differently. I'm going to say Richard Jenkins because I just fucking worship Richard Jenkins. But the other guy who should probably get a shout I know. out. I didn't guy. get any of their names. His name is Per Ragnar. Oh, that's right. Per Ragnar. He's fucking fantastic. His it's scene. insane. is almost faceless. Well, let's compare. You know? I think this is the easiest way to do this is just jump. What'd you say? I said he's almost faceless. And then I realized what I said. But it's I'm really fucked up. His, I did not mean that. As we're gonna, this is how we're going to do this. We're just going to talk and we're going to compare. Yeah. Because it's a perfect example. Two things. Yeah, man. His makeup was better. Oh, guys. Oh, my God. Horrifying. When he's, when he's ass, has acid on his face and they show that. They cut to that profile shot when he's looking out the window right before she sucks on his neck and they throw a, a mannequin, which is Wait, this is thousand. Jenkins? No, this is the other guy. It's Per Ragnar. Ragnar. Okay. Because he like see through his cheek and everything. Oh, yeah, and right. I was like, oh, this is great. This is fucking great. And then he falls out. They literally throw a mannequin out the window, which works perfect. Anyway, oh. but Richard Jenkins, I think, uh, uh, I, I think... The two different performances that are amazing are these two guys. I mean, obviously, I guess we'll start with Per Ragnar. It was heartbreaking when he's trying to kill this fucking kid and the other guys are outside the window banging on it. Go, come on, dude, hurry up. And you're like, oh, oh, shit, they're this close. Then they go on to sea and he basically goes and hides in the shower and throws acid. I mean, that's a that's a pretty powerful scene. And the other guy's yeah. kid's still alive going, get me down, dude. And you're like, oh, fuck. But let's face it, Matt Reeves said, and turn that up to 11 when he gets in the back of that car. Oh and he's my just God. Kind of comfortably, just, or not comfortably, uncomfortably sitting back there. And first of all, production wise, nothing's cooler than that damn plastic bag over his fucking head with those eyes sticking out. Yeah. Because you know what? He's just kind of this sad schlup of a guy. And suddenly he puts a trash bag over and he's back there innocently, just kind of like, well, just wait here. And then the guy's scooting that goddamn car seat into his head and and he throws that duffel bag on top of him we're like oh shit oh, yeah because he didn't gas. expect that because he didn't expect a second kid to yeah, hop in he the didn't car stop, right? he didn't think they're going to stop at the gas station and it's just like it kept slowly it's the suspense thing it's what we talked about with alfred hitchcock it's like this can't end well so finally he's forced to strangle that guy out and then he has to drive the car off and the boys run after him and throw a Slurpee on the window. Then they do that point of view from the back of the car where, you know, it's just like when he's going down the street full bore in reverse, you're like, this is not going to end well, which of course it doesn't. But That yeah. is where Matt Reeves succeeded. I, I do agree uh, in... Well, I mean, Richard Jenkins, really, but uh, Matt Reeves and crafting that scene and setting it up earlier on in the film with a similar instance where that's his thing. And just get hide in the backseat of the car, which, you know, is a total like 80s thing. I'm sure maybe 90s. I don't know. I remember hearing it when I was a kid. Always check your back seat. Always check your back right. seat. And it's like that 
fucking ruined me. Still just thinking about it, it freaks me out. But to set it up perfectly where it works the first time, he gets a, you know, stays in the back of that car, kid stops at the train tracks, train goes by, he pops up and he kills him. And it's, it's like, it's, it went perfectly to plan, but then he does it again and everything goes wrong and watching him just try to hold it together. Like that was the most suspenseful scene I have seen in a long fucking time because you just wonder how long is it going to take before one of these kids realizes there's a guy in the back seat? Well, not only that, I mean, you're hundred percent right, but not only that, not a young guy. You know, no. it's not, uh, it's not Captain America. You know, he's not going to jump up. It's, you know, it's an older guy who's like, Ugh, tired and kind of, yeah. And he has to try to jump up and fight to probably pretty good in shape teenage boys. And I mean, everything about it was so perfectly kind of written that you're just like this, this, this is not going to go well. And how it yeah. plays out is Harper. I do think that I, this is kind of jumping a little bit. I kind of felt like in, let the right one in per Ragnar. I felt like you had a little, they kind of played out a little bit more of the compassion of why he threw acid on himself. Cause he didn't want to have a you know trail back to the girl mm-hmm. where it seemed to like, maybe I missed it, but it seemed like it let me in. It was more like, okay, here's acid. <laughs> like if you didn't really know the other one, you're kind of like, why is he throwing acid on himself? You know what I mean? That like seems he gets a little pulled extreme. over. Like he gets a, like, or like he gets a parking ticket and he just goes, well, acid. Yeah, exactly. He's like he's just been waiting for the opportunity to just. Sir, fuck do you this. have the time? Hold on, I got this <laughs> acid on my face. It's going you down. Yeah, it felt a little bit like, and he does do the uh, sorry Abby on the paper, which again, I part of me is like, I feel like that somehow like gave her up at the end. Sorry, Abby's. Oh fuck! He puts her whole oh, name. Oh my god! I never there. thought about that. <laughs> and they go, oh, well, it's Abby. Blah blah blah. Oh, that's a girl that lives. There. He goes, fuck. I went through all, I mean, you could argue that he was just wanting out, period. So this was a pretty good beginning of the end to throw acid. I don't think he probably thought he was going to end up in the uh, um, hospital. I think they both thought, you know, if you throw, let's hope this never happens. You're going to throw acid over your whole head. You'll probably think that's it. You know, it's going to, you're going to be done. So you're, yeah. you're, you're checking out. And it, it, I think with uh, um, Richard Jenkins' character, he had kind of pointed that out, like maybe I want to get caught. I think what's good about both of them, especially him, is that they were done. Especially, yeah. like I said before, Richard Jenkins has been doing this for 40 years. My God, he's he's done. You can yeah. find somebody else. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> I'm done. I used to love you. Now yeah. I hate you so much. I'm done. I think they were pretty good at showing a compassion between the two at some point. You know, they did the hand on the cheek. And yeah. That's when Richard Jenkins says, promise me you'll never see that boy again. You know? Yeah, was that like a tie to the Romeo and Juliet of it all? Was I kind of never really picked up on that before either. Them? But yeah, it, I think the Romeo and Juliet was probably a little heavy-handed of uh, you know forbidden love, and because she said it in the first one or wrote it, I can't remember um, that line. That's like I must be gone. I must be gone and live or stay and die. I think oh, is what she says is that from Romeo and Juliet. Uh, yeah, well, so she says it in the first one, and I didn't think much of it other than the fact that it's a really beautiful, uh, phrase. And, and then in the second one, they actually show like Romeo and Juliet, William Shakespeare, and they say that line. And so I think 
I think it actually ties it together. Again, I'm sorry to our listening audience. I'm getting the two of them very mixed up at this moment. But um, they actually show it and kind of lean into it a little bit more with the with the Shakespeare side of things. And so when he said, just don't see that boy again. Yeah. I I kind of took it as this kind of forbidden love, this kind of uh, Capulets and, you know... <laughs> Yeah, Excuse I know what you mean. Me. I think there's something there. I'm gonna. I know this is gonna probably become this annoyance in this podcast. I'm gonna go heat up my coffee. So you have cool. to talk for 44 seconds. Oh, cool! I, I want to point about. out that I just listened to our last podcast, and it's fun to come back and listen to what Ryan says. <laughs> while I'm gone. You get Ryan, to listen to my, it like everyone else. I heat my coffee up. Um. We're going to touch on this when Wade comes back because I think it's real important. But the uh, bully in Let the Right One In uh, sure looks like a tiny adult person, like a like a kid that's also an adult at the same time. You know how people have that kind of like a like an adult baby look, but 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 the opposite. So instead of being an adult baby, it's like being a baby adult. Um, I thought that was weird. I also got some nice uh, Halloween 1978 bully vibes from Oscar uh, and the bullies in the, Let the Right One In. Um, also, man, how fucked up is it to drain a human body? That is got to be some some shit that the first time you do it has got to really just haunt you to... To do what the father was doing in both of these films, just to uh, to feed his vampire uh, ruler, it, it just it grosses me out, and uh, frankly keeps me up at night to even think about. What keeps you up at night? The idea of draining a human being the way that they do in these films. Haunts me. I also touched on one thing and I wanted just I wanted to wait until you listen to it to hear it. But uh the bully in the first movie was a was like a the opposite of you know how like there are adult babies out there, like grown up individuals that look like oh, babies. Right. He's the opposite. He's like a baby adult. He looked like I a full grown man, like an eighties bad guy, but he in did. a tiny package. He was <sighs> There was something about him. I'll admit, he was an odd little dude. And he just didn't seem that threatening. I, I mean, I, that was... I'm not on the receiving of somebody slapping me across the face with an uh, antenna. I want to point out one funny thing about that. I can tell I got a sneeze coming on. Here comes. Oh, hey, here ready. comes, everybody. And <laughs> oh. hey, bless you. Whew, thank you. And let the right one in. I laugh because he gets... Um, Oscar gets... Whoosh, crossed his uh, cheek and he has about I'd say two inch cut across his cheek or scratch or something pretty bad next scene he has a band-aid over his cut that barely covers the length of the band-aid barely covers the entire cut so he literally has just tape over two-thirds of it and the gauze part of it's only barely in the center and I was like it's a terrible mom. Or unless you the can't kid go long it. ways. Because it's like, as it's healing, he peels it off and it's just like, ah. Oh, it's like, yeah, he should gross. have like three 
vertically or just some gauze taped on it. And the other thing yeah. bothered me about that is in uh, uh, um, Let Me In at the end where that kid gets his ear all fucked up and then somehow uh. they have gauze like taped to his hair. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, that wouldn't stay. What is that? that none of this makes sense. Yeah, because I think that was when the brother ran up and like put it, put yes. it like uh, his arm around his head and like squeezed his head. And he goes, ah, oh, but he comes back and it's like literally on the side of his hair. And I'm like, what? How lazy is this production on that thing? It's like at least wrap his ear up a little bit. I don't know. That that bothered me. It just seemed like, oh, oh, oh before we do the scene, shrap. I'm just going to stick some gauze <laughs> on the side of your hair. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit more, um, it felt a little bit more organic that the that the poor kid that the bully makes hit Oscar, uh, whip him with that switch, was yeah. just carrying around like a, I mean, that was just like a tree branch or something, right? That was just like a switch. Oh. Whereas in the second one, did he have, what was that? Did you say that was like a car antenna? Or like, like one of those pointer antenna. things? Yeah, it might have been a pointer thing. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, yeah. that just implies that he just carries that around to whack people with. Like the other kid yeah. was just carrying, happened to be carrying around a stick and he was like hit him with it. But this other sick motherfucker is walking around with an actual car antenna to fucking whack people with. What a piece of shit. What a piece of little shit. It's funny God, because also in that so scene cruel. when they're on the ice, when they're in the scene on the ice... I felt like I can let the right one in. I mean, the thing he smacked him up against the head probably oh. wouldn't feel very good. But in the second one, I was like, holy shit, that is just a metal bar. <laughs> and he just goes, kapak. Oh. I was like, he could have fucking killed him. It wasn't just hurting, but god damn. When the kid, both that time when he went, ah, I was like, yeah, but that hurt like a motherfucker. That's one of those things that it's just, it's like, I mean, I don't have kids and I was never that like super bullied or anything but that's just something that i always have a hard time like i know like hit them back you know what the only way you're going to get a bully to go away is if you stand up for yourself and you hit them back but right. this poor kid is like oh i'm gonna hit him back all right uh this seems like the best method is i'm just gonna carry around this pole and in case if they fuck with me i'm just gonna hit him right in the fucking head and he probably didn't mean to hurt him that bad but he the fuck man well it's sad because to go off on a tangent on that i mean because i'm sure it's happened throughout history as some poor kid being victimized and they finally stand up for himself and i'm just gonna go to the extreme but the kid ends up dying right and then it's like and everybody's like oh involuntary manslaughter it's like he was bullied for years assholes and he finally fought back and now this kid's the victim fuck that i I just have this weird of i shouldn't say weird aversion too but um this you know violence begets violence kind of thing and i understand that in order to stand up for yourself you have to you've got to make a stand for yourself i get it right i also understand that there's plenty of awful people in the world that probably deserve to get their face punched in like you know nazis and racists and stuff like that but uh Try to take a picture of our thing. Yes, go ahead. Uh, but, man, I just always hate, like, he's violent, so be violent to him. And it's like, but then now you're just both being violent. And then when does the violence stop? That, yes, I'm talking about uh, awful, terrible horror movies where blood is spilled all over the place and I'm cheering on killers. But I'm here taking a big stance on. Um, so what would you like to see happen? Man, I just, I'm just, a, I just want everybody to love everybody. <laughs> I just don't like violence. I, I, I like in real life. I just don't. I don't like fighting. I don't like. 
you know, all that sort of stuff. So I don't know what I would like to see happen. I would like to see bullies to not exist and racists to not exist and Nazis to not exist. But I understand that's not really a fucking option. So, so you're better with people just, you just want people, if they're douchebags, just be douchebags. I want the douchebags to stop being douchebags. And I want bullies to quit fucking picking on people to make themselves feel better about themselves. <laughs> and I like racists to figure it out. It's 2021. Just fucking be cool to your fellow humans. That's my problem is I don't have an answer to violence. Uh, I just don't know if violence is always the answer to violence. But well, I think a much that bigger I, conversation. It's funny because I sat there and thought, good for them showing that this kid, blah, 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 blah. But again, I know we've already been over this, but in uh, Let Me In, I felt like, uh, um, I just felt like, uh, uh, you got, I mean, to what happens to them at the end, you have to, there has to be, I mean, again, I've tread lightly. Nobody wants kids to be fucking murdered at the pool, even though you made a good point. This kid, well, let's put it this way. You pointed out that the brother was going to kill him pretty Probably, yeah, in both of them, you know, even he's hold even, him under until he drowns. So, yeah. her to swoop in and save him, yeah, that you want a fuck yeah moment where you go, yay! But then they're pretty good. I think in both of them, the other kids are going, oh, okay, that's enough, and then and they're murdered. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they do it in both of the films. Yeah, yeah, you you even see the bully, and that's another moment where you go, oh, maybe the bully isn't that bad. He doesn't want to actually kill the kid. He just wants to mercilessly torture him day in and day out. Right. Right. Um, yeah. No, it's it's. But no, I wasn't even talking about like for the sake of these films. Yeah, I think he had to get it pretty bad in order for him to want to run off with the vampire or to feel like maybe he's found someone that actually accepts him for who he is and isn't going to treat him like shit or run off on him. Well, uh, in real life, Owen, Owen, right? Yeah, Owen, Owen, and let me in. Says to her, "Why'd you move here? Nobody moves here." Yeah, like when I leave, I'm never here. coming back ever. So it was kind of a, you know, wink. I was like, well, good mm. because when you leave, we're going to probably travel the world. I didn't I even catch that. Yeah, oh my God, he says so I'm going to work. I'm going to leave and never come back ever. And I thought, well, yeah, that's pretty much going. But his mom's still alive, right? He hasn't lost his mom, has he? Um, his parents are both still alive, so he's going to be turning his back on them. Be cool. I it it's super unnecessary. So before people go boo, but be interesting to see like today get Scotty Cody Scott McPhee and Chloe or hell go to Sweden and use them, but have them do it now. Show, but I guess the other girl has to be the same age, doesn't she? Never mind, can't do that. Oh, you're right. We could just use like a de aging, like Irishman uh, de aging <laughs> processes. The only thing you could do, and I mean, it's, I mean, if you were really going to do, it, is just recast it. You want to talk about a really great accomplishment? Is what they did in Let the Right One In with her when it was like an older actress or something at one point, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And so they would show her uh, vamping out. And um, it was handled so well. It was uh, a couple of times or at least once it felt like it was an actual older actress or, or mm-hmm. something that had some makeup on and the eyes looked weird and stuff. But it wasn't like over overdone. Now, contrast that with Let Me In where you get like 
not like heavy, heavy prosthetics, but you've got some prosthetics, you've got some brows, you've got a lot of makeup, you've got eyes, you've got teeth, you've got everything about her is is designed so that when she looks up at that camera, you go, ooh, spooky vampire. Right. And it was just a little, it was just a little much, I felt. Well, like, I think that, that you know, I think the, I the yin and the yang of these two films is pretty obvious. I think Swedish, the Swedish version is more the art film. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that Matt Reeves is, you know, I don't want to say Hollywood, but it's a little more of a, even it's, the, yeah. I think it was very uh, typical of the times, the skittering, you know, CGI, mm-hmm. you know, that you kind of felt like someone showed him that. And he went, oh, yeah, okay. And then everybody was doing it. Well, I watched both the trailers today and the trailer for Let the Right One In is almost no dialogue. You know, it has this very kind of artsy fartsy. And the Let Me In one has that type everybody uses, and it all goes, and it like all zooms in. And it's just, it just feels like every fucking trailer that was ever made for a horror film 10 years ago. And I'm sure, in defense of Matt Reeves, probably the studio going, this plays well. Oh, right. People like this. This is horror, and that's what we're trying to do. Because let's face it, you don't make these movies to not make money. It didn't make money, but it's like I think it kind of resided, unfortunately, in that world of being maybe a too artsy for the typical horror fan, you know? Right. Kind of, if we're going to go full circle to our last podcast, same thing that probably House of the Devil su- suffered from. You know, we talked about when I put it on Facebook and some of the comments were like, I wish it had a lot more more of anything. I think people sometimes want to see, it's a horror film, I want to see insanity, where I'm like, I'm a really big fan of, well, I guess, the last three films, then, if we're going to count these two, obviously, as two separate films, as we should. I'm a big fan of the slow burn. And then when you reveal the creepiness, you go, ooh, instead of just, yeah, I mean, that's got its place. Mm-hmm. But I kind of find it more interesting when they focus on <clears throat> real people and real emotion. And then there's a horror element kind of creeping underneath. But yeah. Yeah. And I think that was handled. I think it was handled um, pretty well in both films. Honestly, oh, yeah. The sure, sure, sure. Focusing on these characters and their story. And, you know, there were a couple of moments where it felt. Like you said, maybe not Hollywood, just a little cranked up for what I was expecting from the story. But again, like you said, people should be able to bring their take, you know, and and try something different. They I did. They did something that I thought was a um, kind of interesting that played better and let me in is at the end when he's doing the blood pack and he cuts his hand. And it drips on the ground, and of course she can't avoid, you know, she can't stop that there's blood and she's gonna go lick it. I thought yeah. that the to me that scene kind of was the thing that defined the difference between the two films because uh Ellie in Let the Right One In says to him, she looks up and she's a little more sympathetic and just says, Go. Like you get away from me. But in mm-hmm. uh this one, doesn't she say she says something like, Get away from me? It's really it's very horror-threatening. Right. Like mm. you said, it's kind of one one kind of feels compassion and the other one kind of feels opportunist. I mean, she's yeah. still obviously saying, I need to get away from you. I'm going to fuck your shit up right now. But it did kind of come off a little bit more kind of heartbreaking and let me in that it, or let the right one in, the original, where I was like, she's trying to say, I'm, trust me, I am really trying to do you a favor now. Where it felt like, well, it's a horror film on Let Me In. So it was be creepy. Time to be creepy. Right. And that, was, thought, that was right after she looked up with those yep, eyes and face. She had all this stuff. And, <laughs> and the teeth. And it, it's funny because 
waving a magic wand and having it again. This is what is what is our this is another thing we need to get Andy to make, which is the punch up. The punch up. The punch up. <laughs> I'm writing it down. What's your punch up? This is a punch up. I feel like uh, this is not a very much of a punch up, but I felt like Matt Reeves could have pulled stuff back, like on that thing, just enough. Like I remember the first time they revealed her looking up and showing her eyes. They barely showed her eyes, and I was like, "Don't stop! Don't go any farther!" But they couldn't. They had to have her look up even more, and you had to see her face and her teeth. And it's like you don't need that. I don't think you need any of that. I think to me. It goes back to something we've talked about a million times. It's We always go back to Jaws, but, you know, it's Steven Spielberg saying, well, the shark doesn't work. Let's just never show it. That's mm-hmm. going to be 10 times creepier. Well, to me, she's going to be 10 times creepier if you just barely show her eyes and she's in the dark. That's all you need. Terrifying. I, don't, yeah. I know she's terrifying, you, but you feel like with horror films, they sometimes, now it's one thing if your whole film is, you know, there's a creature and you want to see full on practical right. effects. We're both fans of that. But a film like this, I think that's such, you already know what's going on. I think there's only one point in each film where Oscar and uh, uh, um, Owen say, are you a vampire? (laughs) It's like (laughs) the only time that they even really address it. But I felt like, and it's back to what you said about the CGI of her jumping around and everything. Well, it's like uh, when the nurse comes out of the hospital to find the girl, well, it works even better in... uh, do uh, let the right one in because she's frozen on the side of the building until she goes back in and then you see her crawling up you go holy shit she's on the side of the building you didn't even see her but in let me in she's already crawling and it's a little more cgi and it's still cool but it's it's everything's kind of like we're gonna amp it up and it's like no 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 no. my punch up would be just let it elude the more you elude to this stuff I think it's more the creepier of what the fuck is exact. Because I like the fact that when she's juiced up with enough blood, she can fly. Otherwise, she can't fly. And I thought that was great how she just head out a fucking window. And he's like, where the fuck did you go? And she's like, <laughs> I'm over here. But they never showed it. So thank God Matt Reeves didn't go, let's show her flying. Like, no, don't no, show no, her no, flying. No, 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 no. Don't show her flying. I mean, you could in a distance or something if you barely yeah. alluded to it, like a shadow goes flying over, something like that. I mean, they do a little bit with, uh, is it the first one or the second one where they show the glass broken at the end with the snow coming in? That's Let Me In, right? Oh, fuck, I don't remember. I think it's the Let Me In where at the end where they show that shot of the roof of the pool, the gymnasium or whatever, and they just show the broken glass and the snow's coming down. She came to the Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that. They didn't show it. They just showed that she obviously flew around. I'm like, that's... That's the punch up. Allude to more things. I think that's and back to the pool. You said I will give them one that. shot, and that's all they needed. And you're like, oh fuck. I will yeah. give them that. They didn't go as far as to showing her physically fucking them up. You got a little bit more like whizzes through the water, like right, you know, kind of things. But you didn't actually see her flying around and throwing children, and you know, killing. And they kids were good about Matt Reeve not doing that either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's what I was saying. I was, I was right. giving it up to Matt Reeves for for not going too. Let's far do on CGI that. fest and have people getting thrown oh and blood God. and. Why not? It's the it's the big crescendo. What's his name? Why am I drawing a blank? Dipshit would have done it from Transformers. What's his name? Michael Bay. Yeah, Michael Bay would have. Throw a couple like, of oh. boobs in there too. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Everybody's at the pool. Yeah. 
Uh, Which, don't get me wrong, there's a time and place for over the top if you're oh, feeling right. you know, yeah, 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 absolutely. I just like, from I got the, the source ending, material. the ending of Evil Dead remake. Come on. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're leaning into that guy with that chainsaw and the blood going, <laughs> and it's oh. just spraying everywhere and it's red. I'm like, yeah, more, more, more. Let's go. More, 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 more. I think this year is the 40th anniversary of Evil Dead. I the guess greatest talk about. independent film, horror film ever made. I don't know. I can't you say can't that say now. That. No, I know. You can't say that, you can't say that after saying not after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> you can't say that after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're going to have to pick one. You can't say that about both of them. You're going to have the ride. You're going to have to have a long talk with yourself. And you're going to have to say, which one is the better, greatest independent horror film of all time? Uh, the greatest independent horror film of all time. The verdict is still out for me, uh, apparently, because I can't make up my fucking mind. I thought I you were going to say, man. everybody loves this paranormal activity. <laughs> 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 the amount of money that that movie made. That movie kind of fucked me up. Um, oh, it was well done. Don't get me wrong. It creeped me the fuck out because that's hey. kind of shit I don't like. I don't want to move into a house. The thing <sighs> is that I will say one thing about the film and move on. The best thing they did in that film was where she talks about leaving and that woman says, it doesn't matter where you go, that thing's going to, is attached to you. And I went, oh, creepy. You know what I just realized? When your microphone like is there sometimes and then it goes away because the green screen feature on Zoom. And I could yeah. read the I could read the tagline for let me in. And I think that actually might be the problem with that film. She what will keep you safe. She will keep you close. She will keep you forever. It yes, makes geez. her so sinister. I didn't want her to be sinister. She's she's kind of like a sympathetic. Uh, they took something that is so sinister and monstrous and everything and put it in a young girl and make her kind of like sympathetic and you feel bad for her. She smells funny and she's poor and she's she doesn't have all of these things. She doesn't know what a Rubik's Cube is and she doesn't get, you know, and all this right. stuff. And to to make it seem like she'll, you know, she'll she'll lure you in with her vampire ways, keep you close and then keep you to do her bidding forever. It's pretty goddamn sinister. Yeah. It's funny I mean, you said that because one, I agree. But the other thing you pointed out that I was going to bring up, so I'm glad you said it was I missed and let me in. I thought and let the right one in. It was nice when he said, you smell funny. Mm-hmm. She looked real greasy and kind of dirty. And the next thing she came back and she's like, did I smell better? And he was like, yeah. You know, it's like she was kind of trying. I did think they did a quick little nod to that because they showed, uh, um, Ellie and let me in without shoes. And then the first time she shows up, she's wearing boots. You know, it was kind of like a little nod, like I'm trying to be a little more normal. I don't need these fucking things, but if this <sighs> is what makes you more comfortable. But you're right. I never thought of that till you said it. It really does play that let the right one in is kind of a sweet sympathy and that, that uh, um, and let me in that she's, I, I feel like I'm somewhere now in between what you're saying and what I originally thought, which is she ultimately pretty early on realizes father's not going to be around. So maybe this kid can, I think she's sympathetic to him, but obviously she has to do this. This is, I mean, she has at some point, somebody has to take care of her. She, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and I wonder when that turn comes, you know, because, you know, I think they both say the line from the very beginning, like the first thing out of their mouth is I can't be your friend. Just so you know, like, right. 
I've met other kids. They always want to be my fucking friend. I can't be your friend. It's not going to happen. So don't get excited that there's a new kid next door. It's not maybe me. you maybe you hit the nail on the head. Maybe she realizes early on that these kids have a propensity towards <laughs> that they can do the job. Kill. Well, I think that's I mean, you know I know we already talked about this, but I think that's why Oscar and Let the Right One In is probably the better uh, conceived character that you sh- you show that he kind of wants to kill. He's fascinated by it. Where I feel like I kind of felt like I know I already said this, but it let me in. I felt like Owen is. Just a kid who's been bullied. I don't know that you would see that from her standpoint, she'd be like, this guy can murder for me (laughs) for the rest of my life. I don't feel like he comes off that way at all. And I don't know that he wants to. I mean, they don't, they don't at any point, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they keep the cop from, uh, you know, from hurting her and then she jumps on him, but they don't come in and like, because to me, I mean, if, Again, maybe this is another punch up, but you know, you could have the kid finally save her, you know what I mean? And have to stab somebody to death. And she kind of realizes, oh, guess he can do the job. And the kid be like, oh, I had to save you. It's like, well, you're going to have to do this for a long fucking time because we're going on a journey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that whole thing is just kind of wild to me that he's just going to take a girl in a trunk, get on a train. First of all, he's 12. Go. Yeah, it's like he's going to drag this fucking thing. It's like he can't <laughs> carry. He can't carry this ever, ever. I thought that. I thought that the first time I saw both of them, I was just like, this, "How's this kid getting this trunk around?" I mean, he'd have to have. Code. A, yeah, you have to have a. You, what are those? You have to have a dolly. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> put it underneath there, and, and even as Hello, little dolly, especially. Cody Scott McPhee. I mean, the other kid's not big by any means, but there's something about when they show Scotty, Cody Scott McPhee with his shirt off, you're like, this kid looks like he's 30 pounds soaking wet. and he's. Oh, and I think old. it's Smith. Sorry. Oh, Smith, so, not sorry. Scott. No, you're fine. And I think that I, oh, right, right, right. And I keep feeling like, uh, I, I kept looking at this little boy. I mean, he's a fucking little boy. I'm like, he's lugging this damn trunk around. Anyway, not that Richard Jenkins is, looks like a guy who's going to be picking up a, trunk with a hundred pound kid inside of it. I don't know. Everything about it's just like, how does this work? Anyway. You know what would have had to have been one of the most frustrating things about this film, making this film? There's a couple of shots where, uh, well, I think we'll just say both of them, um, but I can't remember which one. I think it was let the right one in at one point. He looks outside and there's nothing going on in that courtyard with the playground and everything. But um, there's just like no footprints through all that snow. Right. And it's like, you know how many people you got on set to make a movie? And you're, you're, you're able to keep everyone from walking right through the snow. Like, or having to do another take or something. Like if the snow's fresh and there's no footprints and you have to walk out into the middle. Like, I just think Probably about just the continuity. Means. Yeah, the continuity of, of filming in the snow. Of course. Is crazy. I saw one movie once. I can't remember what it was, but you could see off to the edge. You could see footprints. And I thought, yep, that is the crew. <laughs> That's where Video Village is. That's where yeah, the crew is like, sneaking around yeah, the corner. Yeah, it was like, something. you could just tell. It was kind of like, yep, there's no way. But yeah, I think that all the time when I watch anything with snow, like Fargo or whatever, where you see one person walking for the first time, I always think, do they just do one take? It's like, mm-hmm. what a we pain got one shot at this. to try to <laughs> scoop it all down. And yeah, they probably... Well, I have listened to the making of Fargo, like with Richard Jenkins, not Richard Jenkins, uh, 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 Roger 
Deacons, who is a cinematographer, has that podcast. It's so great. And he talked about it. He says the Cohen because he's shot most of the Cohen brothers' films. He's like, man, because those guys, because a lot of times they would do one take. We could, we're, we're, we'll usually go, well, can we do another one? <laughs> like, okay. But he said, they're not, they don't need to do a lot. So it could be that was like, got it. All right, next. So maybe they do. Especially if you're working with pros, you know, you got Steve Buscemi and people like that. They're like, is that it? Like, yeah. That's all we needed. Yeah, Let's go on to the next it. setup. So it's in the can. For me, it's terrifying at stuff we do. It's like, can we have another one just in case that has like a glitch in it or something? Now we're good. Like, okay. When in all actuality, no one would probably notice, you know, footprints. Not to or mention, something, I right? think or they're at a level, and I don't know what I'm talking about when I say this, but. You feel like if you're at a certain level, if there's something wrong with the footage, they're probably like, oh, we can fix that. We'll send it to ILM. You just they can, just paste yeah. the fresh snow over the footprints. Right, right, no one right, even right, fucking right. notice. We'll fix Good it. point. Where we'd be like, well, that. that's all we got. Fuck. They paint out wires all day, all day long. Oh, I noticed that. That was one thing I thought was kind of cool when they first introduced uh, uh, um, Ellie in Let the Right One In. When she's standing on top of the jungle gym, she kind of jumps down. That's what like, I thought you were going to say earlier when you were saying like uh, like flying. It, she kind of had that floaty look to yeah, her. Yeah, she, she just kind of simply went boom, and I thought, well, that has to be wires. That yeah. Just took out it was, it. It was so perfect. Such a nice little touch. And he doesn't say anything like, whoa. Well, she said, yeah. how'd you get up here? I flew. And he goes, yeah, right. They both say that. It's like, <laughs> Bitch, I flew. I fly. I fly. Thank you. I can you very do some much. pretty fucked up shit. I could kill a bunch of people real fast. So yeah, good for them because now I'm thinking out loud. You put that in the hands of the wrong director, writer, director, be like, I'm gonna go insane. She's oh gonna go God. through a shopping mall and kill 300 people. I was like, oh fuck. It's gonna be like the end of Carrie. It's like, no, it's not what this film's about. Jesus. And I'm sure the novel wasn't. I think it's all supposed to be focused on this kind of, like you said, Romeo and Juliet, the young yeah. lover. Or like the, you know, did you see that this was adapted or the book was it also adapted for the stage? I briefly, when I was Googling something, yeah, I saw yeah. like stage adaption and I went, yeah. huh. I thought um, I can 100% see that. Yeah, I watched a, watched a video with uh, the stars of Let the Right One In on uh, in a theater in Dublin, Ireland called the That's Abbey awesome. Theater. And it was the set is really cool. It's like my background right now. It's all these like trees, Perfect. those beautiful yeah. birch, like white birch trees and stuff. And uh, and they've got the playground set up, and it's it's really great. I mean, there's full grown adults playing the characters of you know Ellie really? and Oscar, but um, but they look kind of young, I guess. But uh, uh, yeah, it's sure, it's sure. uh it's interesting. Yeah, Google it, and, like watch a little video, or, or I'll put something on the Instagram if I find some uh, some clips or something. Yeah, please. For people no, to that's see. Cool. Because uh, yeah, it caught me off guard. I was like, who the, who are, who are these people? And then I clicked on the photo, and I was like, it's a fucking stage production. And apparently, it ran for a while. I think it was originally picked up for the stage in like 2013. And then did they I sing, mean, or is it straight drama? That I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it's a musical. Uh, then again, they, they're putting everything into musicals, Alien and Evil Dead. and uh, uh, I'm not a girl. Play. I don't know what I am. I'm not a girl. I just, yeah. I'm on this jungle damn. gym, standing right. oh. in the cold. I know da 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 I am the perfect model of a modern major general. Yes. I don't need you because everything I'm a fucking seems vampire. Like it's musicals. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I think that's 
I, I well, I want to talk about. Yeah, you know. you hit the nail on the head. So many things have been turned into stage production, mostly musicals. That when I saw that, and I didn't look at it, so I want to, but I noticed that I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Hell, if they can make Evil Dead into a goddamn musical, they can make this into something. I like that it would be a straight drama. I think it'd be exciting to see it on stage. Oh, you know, yeah. they flew in that. Maybe not. Oh yeah, Peter Pan style. Wee! <laughs> I think she might I, fly down from the from the uh, uh, the the jungle gym again. I'm just a vampire. Um, the too the big in. shout out. Let's. I'm gonna throw out some winners. Who won? I'll tell you who won. Let the right one in. Won with the fire scene. Woman in the hospital. Ten times Ooh. better. That was super superior. Super superior. I have an issue with that scene. <laughs> you don't know what it is. What? I'm glad you asked. Uh, What's your issue with that scene? uh, She, okay, so if a vampire is being pumped with someone else's blood, do they feed on themselves because the blood smells good? Because she starts feeding on herself because the blood. They did both of it. I think that was supposed to be that they're novice. They don't know. They just smell blood and they're freaking out. Just kind of animalistic, kind of like I'm going to chew off my own foot like a fox caught in a trap. Yeah, you're probably going to have to learn to not do that. Right. So she does that. And all I'm thinking is like, lady, you got a bag of blood hanging right there with the straw in it. It's like a Capri Sun for vampires. That's what a blood (laughs) bag is. It's a Capri Sun for vampires. Pop a little straw in that thing. Go to town. Why eat yourself? Get your own bloods in there too. That's going to be gross. I think that's important to ask anybody. Why eat yourself? (laughs) Why eat yourself? When you got a blood I know why I would eat myself. Because I'm delicious. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm delicious. Uh, <laughs> a, bl- a Capri Sun blood bag. I didn't notice the blood bag. Oh, well, yeah. I, mean, I just they, assume she's being pumped full of blood. Maybe well, that was he did an say IV. something like she was down five quarts or pints or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I remember that. See, That's the true. only reason I could think that she would be feeding on herself would be that they're pumping someone right. else's O positive right. blood right. in and she's right. going, Sure. This is fresh blood. Yeah. But it was cool when the nurse just walked in and pulled those curtains back on the Well, what I mean is lady. I liked it and let the right one better because she says, Can you open the curtains? And she goes, Of course. Oh, you like it better. See, I'm getting the two mixed up. Yeah. Well, the first one I liked better like because better I thought it was right more just, in. she's kind of like, yes. can you let some light in? Kill and she me. goes, of course, honey. And she goes, <laughs> where in the Does second she one, she doesn't even ask. And it looked, that one really looked CGI because the nurse got caught on fire for a little bit. And I was like, all right. Okay. This looks like where I felt like in so the, I was the original one, they just built a soundstage and lit that fucking thing on fire. You know? Yeah. That was some real goddamn fire. And I went, whoa, where in the, let me in. It looked like, okay, that's, they would do it better mm-hmm. nowadays, but in 2010, that was like, we'll just CGI that fire. I mean, it's still powerful, but it wasn't even, even the practical effects of the original when they pulled father out the window and it just went, like I said, which was that mannequin. I was like, Ugh. that was he cool. He just kissed but, that, that awning. Yeah. I just, ba-dum, boom. I always then, react when that shit happens. When someone, a dummy falls out of the window and something and like bounces off of an awning or something before they hit the ground. Yeah. Every time I go, oh God. No, that would hurt. (laughs) That's gotta hurt. So I feel like uh, there was a couple of things in the original that they were like, let's just do it practical. And I thought, yes, this works 10 times better. But So that's one for let the right one in. 
for the sure. Fire I think, scene. I, I agree. thought that it was, was play sadder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything because you're sympathetic to this woman because you actually got to know her because you didn't really get to know her and let me in. She was just kind of the hot chick that lived next door that he was kind of you know peeping on. <laughs> but you really, she seemed kind of she didn't give a shit about him. But the woman, that poor woman, and those damn CGI cats. <laughs> God, I really I would talk conservatively for one hour about those CGI cat attack. <laughs> it's a funny thing is I know they're not great, but it holds up for me because I'm takes like, another point off though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt Reeves no, didn't that's, do it. Uh, I know he was, cause smart. I read a he, review where they said it's a pretty, it's pretty terrifying in the book, you know, when you read it, the description, but to try to do it, it was like Matt Reeves is like, we're not doing that. <laughs> I like to think like what, when uh, they go, we can do this, but we can do it bigger. Okay, picture this. She goes to meet someone at the zoo. Okay, she ends up in the lion enclosure. There's a bunch of fucking lions in there. And they go to town on this vampire lady. 14 lions in total. <laughs> this is like... No, All they CGI. Yeah, they didn't do it, which, hey, kudos to them. Uh, we got the guys over at PlayStation. Crazy. They're doing this real well with their games. <laughs> they say they can do it better for us. Uh, please don't. <laughs> don't. It doesn't hold up. It's uh, it's crazy. I will. I mean, I will give them. I get that why that would be a pretty shocking or pretty horrific thing to be involved in because cats are fucking crazy. And I think one. Well, they do a good job in the first ass. one at just showing the real cat. Remember? She walks up by uh -huh. that window and that cat just goes. <laughs> For a second, I was like, "Ooh, that's cool. smart!" But then, smart. of course, they have to go full on CGI. It's like, why don't you just have a couple of cats do that, and maybe in a silhouette or a shadow, they just show a couple of them jump on her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to me, they probably could have got away without the with the tail up. It would look like a bad Halloween video. Like, suddenly it was Nightmare Before Christmas, and someone comes in and goes, "What's this? What's this?" Anyway. Does magic everywhere? What's this? Something in the air. I'm trying. So to it's find funny my that I think the they cat. did a better job and the worst job with the cats, because let me in. We're like we're not fucking with those cats. They're a pain in the ass. Yeah, I think let the let me in wins that round. Uh, the dreaded tunnel scene. Oh, the let me <sighs> let the right one in wins hands down. Right, they just didn't do anything to me. It was I'm ten times scarier. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, a lot of what you see is actually a guy with like a uh, like a dummy kind of strapped to him. Oh, so right. You know how like when someone yeah. gets attacked by a cat, which is yeah. hilarious because uh, oh, they hold it up to their neck. Yeah, Wee! they hold the fake cat around yeah. and they just run around. <laughs> it was kind of like that, but it looked good. It looked uh, real and visceral. And I love violence from a distance like that where it's kind of like, oh, because really yeah, tell it's what's up happening. your imagination. Right. Yeah, and it's it's like um, it was just really shocking, and sh you know, so I think I wrote it was like quick, it was it was stark. I really wish I didn't have to just go page by page on these notes. I'm sorry, folks. Um, yeah, it was the feeding was realistic, brutal, and quick, and I just wrote far superior. <laughs> oh, absolutely, because I think that. I mean, I'm just going to think out loud because I've never given this thought before. But, I mean, kudos to anybody who in filmmaking says, 
well, let's go for it. Let's do this. Let's do this. But it all comes down to the execution because they could have cut in and did like Matt Reeves did and showed it closer up and more brutal. But like you said, maybe they throw a freaking mannequin on them in a couple of jump cuts, you know, and the camera gets close enough that you can't quite see what's going on. And, you know, it's slashes of close-ups mm-hmm. of face and you just go, Jesus. And then you show why. But when you go lockdown wide CGI, it's like, unless it's perfect, it's CGI. I mean, we're just too trained right. by it. Viewers, we know what that is. And you kind of go, eh, it's, we've been over this a million times, but it's the walking on the ceiling. It's all the, it's the spider crawl people that do that. You just, we're so trained that the second you see, you go, here it is. Here's okay. the Hollywood trope of the, this kind of thing. So I think you have to, well, here's really going on a tangent. I've always had a problem with, I think you got to be careful when you're somebody like, I mean, obviously I give them, but you know, the first matrix is such an insanely great film in the Wachowskis, you know, came up with that bullet time effect, which blew everybody's mind. And then a year later it was in a Pepsi commercial. And yep. so it's like, you come up with something that's so mind blowing, but you're almost doing yourself a disservice because your film doesn't get to age as well because it has this cheesy thing in it, which isn't cheesy, but it's been used by everybody. It makes it almost cheesy. So to me, if you're Matt Reeves, punch up. Punch up. If you're Matt Reeves, you avoid all that because <laughs> you know this is not going to age well. Trust me, this isn't going to age well. I'm going to see farther down the road and know that what's going to hold up is to do this practically, jump cuts, in camera. How would, how would, how would Stanley Kubrick do it? And I'm going to do that and it go. will hold up. Because they're, they're not going to do something like that in the old Shining. I mean, he might have. People could probably argue, oh, if there was CGI, Kubrick would have used it. I would argue that he probably wouldn't have, other than maybe to cover up something here or there. But Probably used so. it for the moon landing, didn't he? Oh, that's true. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. That was weird. Here are conspiracy theories for Black Goose Presents. <sighs> I am literally coming to you from my fucking basement. Are you? Yeah. Are you cold? Let me tell you something, American people. It is fucking freezing in this basement, but uh, you know why I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here to tell you the truth. I don't even want to talk like that because I'm so shook by the world's events recently that I'm just like, I'm just so fucking happy to be here. uh, We're not because I I told myself, you know what I get to do today? Not think about all this bullshit. And I get to talk to my buddy Wade about some awesome horror films. And I felt wonderful (laughs) for the last two hours because I've been able to do so. Get away from that bullshit. Um, bullshit. What? Uh, let's see. What What else uh, is in both of them? So this scene I have here, the, the original draining of the body. On Let me the, just go. I just want to back up oh, and say. Yeah, what do you got? I just want to back up and say that the right went in. We already said it, but if we're going to do better, they did better not showing the parents. I think that was, I think that felt more okay, real. Which one didn't show the parents? Let, Let me, me in. in? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I might have said let the right one in. Let me in. The newest one didn't show the parents, which I thought was more claustrophobic and isolated for the boy, which I thought was good. Yeah. And it allows for a little bit more of that. um, Like he's alone. So he's able to kind of constantly be outside talking to her and hanging out with her overnight and stuff like that. They just seemed like they just weren't around. Right. At all. What was what were, I interrupted you? What were you getting ready to say about the blood draining? Uh, oh, I was just going to go on to other uh, uh, battles, such Please. as um, 
blood draining sequences. The first one in Let the Right One In is this, uh, he like captures the guy like walking through the woods, I feel like, which I is think really weird. I think he's just weird. kind of on a trail, like a nature and trail just type hap- of thing. Okay. Because the cars aren't that be. far in the background. You know, there's a right. active, yeah. I feel like and that's a very strange it's, it's place the, to try and bleed someone out. Is this seemingly busy at night uh, park? Or two things. One, it's the image you can't see, but Ryan has behind him. But uh, um, the thing that bothered me about this scene, it's a great scene, is it's so overly lit. Oh, my it's God. Like, look at it. It's just like. It's, it's like, are you in the middle of a football field at night with all the lights on? Because <laughs> it seems like this should be a lot darker if you're trying to hide away and do this horrible thing. Yeah, and it's, it's pitch black everywhere else. Behind yeah. them and everything. Yeah, it's so like it's clearly it? like way overlit. But that seemed just filmmaking wise, like, shouldn't we knock this down? It's supposed to be night. Uh, and it's a great scene. I mean, when that damn I hate poodles so bad. God, I hate him. <laughs> when that dumb poodle comes up, and it's just, he's like, get the fuck, go, get and it just like <laughs> so he finally care the women and he has to fucking bail and he forgets his blood. Doesn't really until he gets on the bus. He's like, I forgot my blood. I hate See, when I, I like that. that. I like that bit. It's it kind of shows it doesn't it shows that he was still kind of wanting to protect himself. It wasn't like in the other one it was just kind of like a flub. He just tipped it Trips. over and it went sliding and and he goes after it and it drained everywhere. But in let let the right one in. Yeah, he just kind of packs up his shit and's like, oh, "Well, guess I'm just going to let someone find this body hanging here bleeding yeah. out in the snow and uh, oh fuck I forgot dinner and this dog now has a taste for blood so they're gonna have to put that poor guy down yeah he's gonna be eating people in no time because now he's got a taste for human blood well there's a poodle so they'll kill you anyway Actually, I like. I don't mind little poodles. It's it's actual full it's grown. The big ones. Yeah, they just they always look wrong to me because I grew up around <laughs> a couple of little poodles, and that's what they're supposed to be. So the first time I saw a big one, I was like, "No, what are your that's feelings not, on that's a weird poodle? I don't like labradoodles." And they always seem like assholes. Yeah, maybe I. I don't know. I guess I haven't spent enough time around poodles. I think my brother I had like love, a labradoodle. I love or half half the dogs, and then some dogs. I go, "That dog's an asshole." I just thought you meant you love just the front half of the dog. <laughs> I love half a dog. This back half is stinky. I don't like it. I don't like just, I say half. It's all full of farts. No, but that scene is a fantastic scene, but it did take me a little bit out of it. I know we just said it, but how yeah. good it was, I was like, is he, is this supposed to be moonlight? Because this is insanely bright and there's cars not that far away. So it, it is a little confusing, but it is a great scene and just how they're, for both of them, quite frankly, how it's just like, oh God. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Just trying to do this, and uh, I'm tired. And like you said, just dragging these damn bodies. And even when she kills one of them, they both have to go, okay, I'll try to go dispose of the body. Well, of course, in this one, it's like, well, you just left a body. I'll just leave another one. Fuck, do you care? Good call. Just move on. Maybe it was a little too close to home. That might be a little little obvious. Like, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, I guess I hadn't really realized how brightly lit that was until just now. I think it was probably, um, I think I wrote in the other one that the use of lighting was way, way better. It was really, there was a lot of, in the dark, in the first draining scene and like let me in, it was a lot of like uh, backlighting and like rim lights mm-hmm. to really set them apart from the dark background. And so they just had these really crisp lights on the on the edges of them and, and yeah. it just made Richard Jenkins Greg Frazier. so cool. Greg Frazier. Cinematographer Greg Frazier. 
Hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> I, I, and I do want to point out, it made me laugh this time around that it took him a hell of a long time and let me in to finally pull his trash bag off his head because he was still dragging yeah, him out there. Oh my finally God. pulls it off and I was like, dude, you're in the middle of nowhere. Take your trash bag off. It's got to be uncomfortable. One, seeing through it and two, breathing in a plastic bag out there. So, You know the first scene that he wears that in, the first car abduction scene and let me in where yeah. you see him in that bag it almost looked like a black like a skull face it almost looked like a like black mask from like the dc universe oh. or something like that it almost looked like it was uh like it had more of uh like ridges and stuff in it and then you see it later and you realize it's just a trash bag mask but yeah. at first i thought it was just like kind of even scarier looking and i thought that that was a really odd choice for someone that's just trying to to hide his uh identity so he can kill people unless they purposely tried to form it a little you know what i mean yeah someone said hey you know what if we push this bag in and da, 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 you know from a distance they'll give it kind of this and then, you know i'm just saying it could have been uh-huh. something that somebody consciously said this looks real fucked up if you kind of push these sides in and do this and this and i remember i mean it doesn't hit me now but when i saw it in the theater i was like fuck yes because well, yeah because that character is kind of ultimately such a sad sack. But when he puts that on, it's not unlike uh, 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 Cody. What is it? Not Scott? Smith. Smith. Cody Smith McPhee. Um, it's not unlike him. I mean, he's the cutest kid in the world. And if you saw him anywhere, you'd be like, oh, what an adorable child. Puts on that mask. You're like, what? Is it <laughs> like a Reagan mask or something? I don't it know what it was. Weird. But it just instantly, I was like, yeah. Well, it's back to what you and I talk about all the time. That's why we like masks in movies. It's so easily just to go boop and you put a mask on. You're like, yep, terrified. Yeah. But with him, I mean, a plastic black garbage bag with the eyes open up, which I've never seen before. He just had such a sinister thing about him that I instantly was like, well, good for him. I mean, if you're going to terrify somebody, if you turned and saw that, you'd be like, hey. Yeah. Why would you not just wear a fucking ski mask? It's cold out. Like just wear a ski mask. Well, it may even be less. Or I mean, here's a here's a here's a, here's a crazy idea. Nothing. Ooh. I mean, you're gonna kill them anyway. But true. I know if innocent true. bystanders come by. They say, "Oh, I know exactly what he looked like." But yeah, I'm with you. You would think that. My God, why wouldn't you just put on a? You're in wintertime. Put a ski mask on. If it was summer, I could see where you'd say, "I want to throw this bag on to conceal my identity." I mean, it's not like I can't get rid of the bag. They're going to come to my house and say, well, somewhere there's a trash bag in here and we'll know that he's the killer. They didn't think, he didn't think this shit through too very well. I'll just tell you. Nope. Any other side-by-sides? Well, I mean, then there's the second draining. Man, I try to do anything on this computer. It slows me down. Uh, So then there's the second draining, which, uh, man... That's tough because in Let the Right One In, he gets that. I mean, just think of how terrifying it's got to be to be that kid that's strung up in what? Where the fuck was he? The rec the center? Locker? The locker room? Was he was going to train a kid in a locker room? I have to admit, I kind of thought that seems like a really ballsy move. <laughs> it's pretty brazen. Um, yeah, pretty good going to lock this kid in a school. I'm sure there's no custodians or anything. I'm just going to string this kid up and drain him because oh I would God. be easy to clean up, I'm sure, and drag a body out. It's like, can't you? Because at least the forest is kind of like, all right, you know, he's out in the middle of nowhere, but I'm going to go right in the middle of a public school, I assume. 
and his buddies are outside hanging. I mean, everything about him, like, well, remember he said, maybe I want to get caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this was supposed to be the wink. It's like, well, if I'm going to get caught, I'm going to go grab a kid in a school. Well, no, that was let the right one in. That was, a, that was oh, 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 let me in. As Richard Jenkins says those words, doesn't he? You're right. Jenkins. You're right. Well, maybe, the maybe, in, maybe in the sad. book, maybe in the book, it alludes to that. And maybe that was, uh, let the right one ends kind of right. wink. It's like, why would you go into some place like this? And it's like, he's fucking done. Yeah, he doesn't he, care that much won, to be that careful. He, he ultimately just, went back clearly. into the showers and just went, oh, fuck it. I'm well, just going to this. Yeah, and we just talked about him just stringing a guy up in the middle of essentially a park or something. Oh, right, So, yeah. you know, he clearly is getting sloppy. Right. In many ways, more than one. Right. Because it's bloody. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm guessing um, in both of them that they're just done. Yeah, and so she knows it, which would make it would explain why she's probably hyper focused on finding the new handler. Yeah, it's probably been pretty apparent for a while. Because yeah, I do like want to make it happen. known that I think she, Ellie is planning that in the original. It just doesn't seem as sinister. I think it's kind of fruitful for her. It's kind of like, oh, I like this kid, but also he seems like he loves me and will do anything for me. So I think I'm going to use that now that I have to. Right. It just doesn't come across as uh, as heavy-handed, I guess. But I would think that that's probably in her motivation. She's clearly a smart vampire. She knows what she's doing. Spin around it's the block a, a few hundred times. It's kind of insane when you really think about it, if this actually existed for this character. I'm going to go with the Ellie one because I think you're right. I think it works a little better. It's like I got a kid who's 12. I mean not to go on too stupid a tangent here, but, you know, relationships are, I mean, I'm single, so what do I know? But a long-term relationship's difficult anyway, but you're going to keep a 12-year-old interested in taking care of you as he turns into a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old and a 30-year-old and a 40-year-old. At some point, he's going to be like, you know, I kind of like to go have a girlfriend or a wife or boyfriend or husband, whatever he chooses, you know, and go have a life. Uh, no, you're taking care of him. this weird 12-year-old for the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't want to. So I realize it's a whole nother story, but Richard Jenkins did. You know, the other guy did. Yeah. So there's got to be something that endears them to him and feels protective over it. But I think you've really, I think you've really opened this thing up to kind of cracking the case, as I like to say, is that I think in Let the Right One In, you can see a little bit more of an endearing quality of the two of them where that might happen, where... It comes off a little bit that maybe uh, uh, in Let Me In that Abby is, I, I don't go as far as, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's too sinister, but she's probably not, I, I think she's pretty endearing. I, I think there's a nice scene where they're going to the, the uh, arcade. She mm-hmm. seems to be endeared to him and really you see enjoying it. A later it. on. Yeah. Well, she seems like she's like, you know, she's actually. Like we said, how does she age? If she really doesn't, she's like, I'm a 12-year-old enjoying another 12-year-old. I'm trying to be a normal kid. Just going mm-hmm. to the arcade, listening to music. She comes out that time when she took the shower. And they're, in both movies, they do the same thing. They're kind of dancing to the song. <laughs> you know? And you can tell for a moment, they just want to be normal. you know. So yeah. I think they're both endeared to the, to the boys. But my God, it's just like any relationship. You're taking a chance. I mean, who knows how long you're going to be committed. I'm just more concerned that it's like, maybe you should pick somebody a little stronger since you're going to be sleeping in a trunk. Maybe not a little skinny, scrawny uh, 
kids going? How is he going to drag bodies around and well, stuff? Everything. I mean, it's crazy. Every, how is he going to go out? Yeah. Can so you? So you would think. You would think you would use your do like every other vampire. Like that's what I think. What we do in the shadows handled really well in the movie, and then even better in the series, which is this kind of like mistreated. Um, strung familiar. along familiar where it's like, oh, you're going to do all of my evil biddings and uh, I'm maybe one day I'll turn you, you into life, a vampire. Which I yeah. never do, right. Yeah, and so for this, it it's kind of seems like, um, you know, he seems to have, not from her, but the promise of love and acceptance and they're thinking, hey, I got a guy to drag bodies and feed me when it's light out or something. Because to me, it seems like any vampire could just fuck it, feed themselves when it's dark. But, I mean, I guess you need someone to do the other shit in your life. Well, it's funny because, well, now they can just go to Amazon. But (laughs) as someone who's almost never left this house for 10 months, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) You could, you could block, you could black out the windows and you could do it. But this is. 1983, so they have to go out and do yeah. what they have to do. So, yeah, I, it's funny because as you're saying, I was really thinking, yeah, you're right. I mean, they are vampires. They have proven that they can at night. Just, I mean, this it's one of the many things I like about vampire films, which is why I'm in, hoping our why first feature is going to get into this. We'll talk about this off a uh, podcast. But um, I find it very fascinating that uh, – let's talk about this for a second – she could ultimately um, just wait till night and, I don't know, oh my God, she can fucking fly, for God's sake. She wants <laughs> she to go wherever she wants it. and finds a homeless guy or whatever, drain their blood. I mean, somebody might say, why are these people all draining their blood? Well, what they do, they get on a train, they go to the next thing. But, and to me, I mean, I guess, could you find trains that travel at night? I guess, first of all, you live maybe party wants to go well it, that's one of the things i liked about 30 days a night it's like go somewhere where there's less light <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's pretty brilliant so but i realize we, we could talk about this for hours but it's funny because when you start breaking <laughs> it down it's like you're asking 12 year old boys to drag your trunk ass around <laughs> <laughs> drag your trunk ass you now wait let me let me get this clear you want me to drag your trunk ass around <laughs> bitch you know how heavy that fucking trunk is with you in it gotta be kidding your trunk ass you said your you're stronger ass. than i look i'm not i am not strong at all and then your i gotta go take you. down a full-grown man or woman I gotta kill them and then I gotta drag their dumb ass, their fucking two hundred pound ass somewhere and bury them. I, I like to think that within the span of two years, we check back in with Oscar and he's just fucking ripped. He's just <laughs> dragging people around. He looks like got that trunk above his head. death metal ooh, ooh, guy. He's got a trunk on he's, one shoulder. <laughs> his trunk ass, especially the Swedish one. He looks like a Viking. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. For Odin, I want to see the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Guy's all fucking like, ripped and in his thirties, and he's got his little twelve-year-old on one shoulder and the trunk on the other, and he looks like fucking, I don't know, some scary big ripped Santa Claus. This is called. This is called. Seriously, guys, can I come in? <laughs> Better fucking let me in. That's what's gonna be called. Yeah, there you go. Fucking <laughs> let me in. Sequel to 
Let the right one in. My wife's going to beat you. I just noticed looking at these posters on your screen behind you, too, that they do a really good job of you look at the difference between the two. And now I'm I'm not assuming that both of these are theatrical posters or anything. The one on the the let me in one for sure. But uh, uh, Ellie and Oscar and let the right one in are looking at us. She's got those big, crazy like. Well, they uh, CGI her eyes bigger a couple of times. You know this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow, I didn't there know. There was that. like, I think one of the first times they show her close up, I think they did the old black hole sun sound guard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it made hers bigger because she has big eyes anyway. But I think, yes, I think they purposely did that to make her. Well, you said something that I thought kind of made me go, oh, yeah, is when you said that she says, you know, I'm not a girl. There was a part of you said something you alluded this was before the podcast is that maybe she doesn't see her. Well, she says, and let me in, I'm nothing. Maybe she is, I don't want to say a creature, but, you know, she's part of this kind of other world now. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, uh, you know, what vampires seem to not hold. How do I say this? Vampires seem to not hold dear uh, gender and sexual norms put on them sure. by society. Sure. They are dressing however they want. They're fucking whoever they want. They're doing whatever they want. God bless them. Um, so I don't really know what they are. I know. They're woke as shit. They. I just feel like I I just I don't know what they were trying to say with like the the quick shot that was in Let the Right One In, where you kind of see what's happening downstairs with her, and then they just gloss over it real quick you don't see it and let me in it looks like maybe she was stitched up maybe she was castrated maybe what who fucking knows they never address it and i just kind of didn't really know what to take of it i know know. i mean i I don't either that's lost on me i think the the writer of the book or the filmmaker who decided to put that in if it wasn't in the book uh thomas alfredson I, i don't know i'd be interested to see what he was trying to say with that I have no fucking clue <laughs> other than yeah, maybe no, she was I, a boy, I, but it's easier to masquerade her around as a girl. I took I, it as possibly she was, I don't know. When she was turned, she was abused, you know? Oh, see, I didn't. It was really assaulted in some that. way and hurt and that, oh, you know. Oh, no. Wow. Which makes that, her even I more. didn't think about that. Yeah, I think it was forced upon her, obviously. No one at that age chooses to oh, do that to themselves. So, I mean, I think that... To me, it, it it amped up the loneliness and the isolation. And my God, this has been going on for two or three hundred years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, you know, again, kind of going off on the vampire lore. But there's a point where you're like, aren't you tired? So I was going to touch on these. A, don't you just want to open a window and just let the <laughs> sun just take you? Two or three hundred years. Aren't you tired? I'm 53 and I'm tired. <laughs> Someone said I had to do this for another 150. I'd be like, oh, I can just open a window. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm just going to fucking open this window. Can you just open that window for me? Um, (laughs) I'm going to go for a walk. It's noon. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) So that's now two things. Oh, now I lost it. What was it? Son of a bitch. I can't remember. No, I was going to mention the other poster. They're like back to back and looking away from each other on Let Me In. And she's got these like vampire eyes and it just looks so like i don't know they're like 
they're well, looking away from each other and stuff. Hollywood and versus versus Swedish art, art film. film. Well, uh, Thomas Alfredson was quoted saying, "It's a very Swedish film." <laughs> Just I didn't know he also look did of it. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which I've been told. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to see, and I've never seen it. He directed Holy that shit. too. Wow. Which everybody's always like, you've got to see that. I mean, it's got Gary Oldman. That's all I need. I just haven't seen it. Oh, I also saw it took nearly a year to find those kids for Let the Right One In, to find the right kids. (laughs) (laughs) After the filming. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's perfect. But it's funny because it took a year. He's great. Don't get me wrong. He is great. If anybody's listening, I think he's fantastic. But he's so just particularly weird. It's it's in my head. It's like, it's just not weird enough. And after about a year, they're like, bingo. Oh yeah. That scene where uh, he finds his jeans have been stuffed in the urinal and pissed all over, I'm guessing. Uh, Or else why would they be there? He picks them up and it's like gross. Well then you wonder, oh my God, how's he going to get home? What's he going to do? He just wears his little gym shorts and his boots and stuff. And he's like walking home in his coat and these little blue shorts that are like pulled up to his like belly button. And yeah, it's just, it's, he's just, such a weird little guy but well, i think but, uh, maybe he's just going through a murder phase i don't know well i think it works for the movie it's just he's a particularly weird guy kind yeah. of albino looking and he's i just he's think swedish he's swedish he's looking. very yes, swedish very <laughs> swedish where in the american one i feel like he just came off very well as just a lonely little nerdy kid that's it you yeah. know kind of heartbreaking and i think you know they're all heartbreaking but Anyway, I'm not bagging on that kid at all. I just, again, you have your favorites. Yeah, but the girl no, that played uh, Ellie, what is her name? Let's give her a shout out. What's her name? Please do, because I forgot to write it down, because I'm a it terrible is. Her person. name is, oh, we did, Lena Leanderson. Oh, yes. She, What's his name? His name is C-R-K-A-R-E. So is it just Carrie? Carrie Hendenbrandt. Carrie Hendenbrandt. You are handling those Swedish I, names. I don't know if that's right. I do like Paragnar. Paragnar. Karen Burquist. Ike Nord. That's pretty great. Ike Nord. But Lena Leanderson, come on. In a gazillion years, you'll never find an actor better than her to play that role. I mean, it's... Yeah. And Chloe, God bless her, because I think she's fantastic. But, you know, she does a great job. But come on. No one's she's, ever do better than her. Incredible, and I can't ever get enough Chloe Grace Moretz, mainly because hit girl. she has always been hit girl. She will always be hit girl. She is so badass. Let me say this, because it'll probably never see the light of day, and I hope it doesn't. But right before or right after the fall of uh, dipshit Louis C.K., mm-hmm. as Dave Chappelle said, when he died in a horrible masturbation accident. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love Dave Chappelle. <laughs> anyway, he had made his kind of, he was a, kind of obsessed with Woody Allen. Louis C.K. made his last film, which has not been released, shot in black and white. It was very kind of early era, really? 70s, uh, uh, um, uh, Woody Allen kind of feel. And he wrote and directed it. Um, Louis C.K. did, and it starred Chloe. And she was the 16-year-old lover of uh, um, uh John Malkovich is character. Oh, so it was very Woody State. Allen then, huh? Well, that's what I mean. And Lo- and Louis <laughs> and Louis C.K. wrote this. I think he plays the her father in it. And everybody was like, "What? Charlie Day's in it?" I think he even has kind of been like, Ugh, "I wish I hadn't done that film." Everybody's like, "Why did anybody want to be in a movie where Louis C.K. 
writes this 16-year-old girl having a love affair with this guy pushing 70. And it's everything about it when I saw the break. And this is right when all his shit started coming. It was like, okay, there's something wrong with Louis C.K. He does enough pedophile jokes that it's just kind of like, what's going on in his look look on his hard drive? Anyway. <laughs> oh God. So poor Chloe. I mean, I don't, you know, no disrespect to her. I mean, she's seems like she's a grown ass woman. If she would choose, I mean, I'm sure nothing was done in the movie. I'm not right, right, right. I'm sure right. it's all alluded. But if she chooses to, but just when I heard that, I was like, not Chloe. Yeah. America's sweetheart. Fucking America's hit girl has to be brought kicker. into. Yeah, be, be brought into your little weird fucking fantasy. Yeah. Anyway, Gross. Louis K., you dipshit. He used to be my favorite. Let's see what else. Oh, so earlier we never really covered uh, because the scenes are so totally different. But I do want to touch back on the car scene, the second one, and let me in because it's just so phenomenal and jarring. I think um, we need to take a pee break. Oh yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. And we're back. What were you getting ready to say? Oh, we talked about uh, in Let the Right One In, the the second attempt at draining someone uh, obviously doesn't go as planned. He accosts that kid in the in the gym and then uh, gets a, he gets immediately found by his friends and pours acid on his face. Well, and let me in. Matt Reeves decides to um, amp it up quite a bit with the most suspenseful goddamn scene in the world, which is uh, he's hiding in the back uh, behind the seats of this car. The kid gets in, starts to drive off, and another kid gets in, and it just spirals out of control from there. And you get this lockdown, insane, jarring car crash moment that is it's just it was a real feat i think that whole scene is just a feat you think that was green screen what part of it like the outside i I wondered if the car was on some kind of track and something that kind of spun it in a green screen room and then they built everything out the windows it's a because very good question. Because obviously, Richard. I mean, it was Richard Jenkins and driving. They're not going to say, Richard, <laughs> we're going to actually have you back up on the street. Don't worry, we're going to roll the. I mean, I mean, I they know. rolled that car obviously because of the glass. I mean, unless they did it in the. No, they had to have rolled it. I mean, because the way their clothes and everything yeah. went. I think well, yeah. the car was safely like on some kind of device that would spin it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they could have added CGI glass, you know, falling and everything. Mm-hmm. But I think those guys actually turned. But even that's pretty dangerous for any yeah. actor at any age. But I'd be terrified, even if I had all the right insurance to say, okay, Ryan and Cassandra, we're going to spin this. I think you're not going to fall into each other too hard. I mean, you could snap somebody's neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. All wrong and bam. So, I don't know. I have no idea how they did it. Oh, man, yeah, maybe that was a situation where it was like, you know how they always have like a, uh, not like a pilot car, but in driving scenes, it'll actually be, someone else will be driving a vehicle that's behind them and the car right. that the actors are right. in is on like a trailer and they're just acting oh, like they're driving, but yeah, you could be. still see out of the windows and it's still real and stuff. I but if it was but now car. I'm like picturing some contraption where the car is on, like you said, like a platform and 
you know, this other car goes backwards, backwards. These actors throw the slushy yeah, at but the, the thing back, and he keeps but the going and then all of a sudden as it rolls down and everything. So it's like, how the fuck? I don't know. Right. Well, that camera stays facing that direction right. the whole time. So right. maybe it's like on a platform and it just makes it look, I don't know. But either way, kudos. That is one it of the holds up. Most the point being is it doesn't look like ah, CGI looking. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. Int- it's intense, but, especially when you realize that he is hauling ass in reverse on a yeah. busy highway, and that's like, oh, you idiot! And it works perfect because he's terrified. It's like, you know, what am I going to do? Yeah, these kids catch me. I mean, again, I mean, he's supposed to be fifty-five. Doesn't matter what age, but he's not exactly. You know, again, he's not Captain America. He's not going to jump out and go. Pew, 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 pew. I don't know. It's grab him. He's fucked. So he's he just does have to... that old man strength. I guess. Anyway, I think yeah, it's 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 an insane scene. It still holds up. I think Reeves wins that round personally. I it's think insane. that it was not only yes, but two. It didn't feel like it was oh Hollywood. It's like I don't think there's anything wrong with amping up the suspense and having a few more things. I mean, I didn't even have a problem with like. Her skirting up the tree. I realize it's CGI, but I don't I give it a pass. I mean, yeah. to me, it's like, I'm a big fan of, I mean, one of my favorite films of all time is Dread. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of fuck yeah moments. And that film is nothing but fuck yeah moments. So every once in a while, you know, I was thinking about this. I thought, how would I describe this, these two movies? And I, I figured it out. It's like, let the right one in would be like, it's the original song written and recorded by uh, um, Bob Dylan. <laughs> I'm the biggest Bob Dylan fan. But I'm going to say it's <laughs> Bob neither. Dylan. So you go like, oh, it's a classic. Every time I hear it, I, I want to cry. And then suddenly, Let Me In is covered by Judas Priest. <laughs> and you kind of yeah. go, I'm not going to lie. This fucking slaps. This is pretty goddamn <laughs> fucking cool. It to go these places. Yeah. But I should have seen uh, it coming. So it's like, you know, I guess you could say that wouldn't be the right analogy because th- neither one of them wrote the actual movie. But to me, it's just two versions on the same thing. And you could sit there and say, well, the original one's kind of the classic this, but my God, I'm glad to have something that kicks yeah, it up. It's, yeah, it's kind of like... Uh, it yeah. is a vampire film for God's sakes. It's like Hendrix did a song that was also performed one time by Cream or something. And it's like, right. yeah, Cream does it, but Hendrix does these a couple of these solos that'll right. blow your fucking right. mind, right. you know? Right. And, um, and well, and yeah, I say I, this till people got to get tired of me saying it because I say it almost every podcast, but I want, I'll give me everybody. If they made it again, well, fuck, I'd be excited. I mean, I'd probably go, why are you doing that? You're probably not going to make any that's money. That's my sticking point. But I, it wouldn't be because artistically, I, but I would love to see. I, I wouldn't give a shit if Showtime made it into a series. It's like they if it's done to, well. Not Showtime. TNT. Was going to make it into a series? It died in like 2017 or 2018. Good. It was fully, like, it was ready to roll. And they were going to send it to like TNT. And then it just kind of fell apart. Good. They would yeah. fuck it up. TNT. Name one show that TNT ever did that was exciting. I mean, it's probably our some, but Damn. if HBO got a hold of it or Netflix greenlit it, if Netflix greenlit it or something or Amazon, I'd be like, mm. oh, if it's the right showrunners, I think there's a lot there. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess my my issue is like you can do 
I would love to see other people's take on a story, but only if there's ways of, I mean, I guess if there's ways of expanding that story, but when the story oh, is sure, so sure, sure, good, sure, sure, sure. so it makes sense for the Batmans of the world and the comic books and stuff like that, you know, it to me, that makes sense. Um, slasher films where it's like, yeah, we've got a set idea of what to expect, but we hand it to someone like Tom McLaughlin and he's going to do the best Friday the 13th ever because of his background and what he likes and what he's into and what he brings to it. He brings his touch to Jason. Well, I would agree. I but, mean, if somebody like made a third version of this and it was just the same story again, yeah, right. I would get kind of like, all right, it's a girl that moves into an apartment complex. I get it. You're, you're, that's a good point. But if somebody came in and, well, like we said, somebody came in and said they've recast the girl. She's twelve, but now the the boy's twenty six, or seventy, the, and he's John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And Louis C.K. gave us a script. You're like, oh fuck, don't get me started. I don't even want to say what. Well, came the in script's my head. covered in semen. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh fuck. He addressed that. I heard it. He actually finally on stage did a bit about getting all that happening and. <laughs> I want to like Louis C.K. because he tries, but he just he's so covered in kind of ick right now. He basically says, if you ask somebody if it's okay if I masturbate and they say, sure, you ask them again. And if they say, sure, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God. I want to laugh, but it's still like, you're still Louis C.K. Yeah, you're still, still disgusting. He went on in that stand-up because I heard the audio to talk about that he hopes that his mom got to have have a lot of dicks like you know touch a lot of dicks and be had all the sex she wanted and uh, and it just went on this weird place where it was like you know there's a time where i probably would have laughed and now it's just like <laughs> dude just stop like, are you just trying to be shocking like yeah, sure. it's just I everything about all... it. just stop just stop louis ck you, nope 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 don't get to enough of that um but back to what we were saying yeah do another variation on it i don't give a shit i want to see it Ooh, what's uh who who had the better dead guy stuck in ice moment? Because... Well, I think the best thing about uh, let the right one in was the reveal. I liked the chainsaw shot. Oh my god, ice. that was yeah. Fun. And oh, then when good. they pulled him out, he was like all like his arms and legs were sticking like way yeah. down. Yeah, it was he was, was a popsicle was frozen great. in time. And all the kids are just like, I guess they didn't see it at that point. They just found the body over there, but people just watching like, oh, that's fucked up. And in one of them, they're like, who is the dead guy in the ice? Or what happened to the dead guy in the ice? I think that was in the second one. That was on the news or something. Oh, right. It's a pretty, it's, it's, it's always interesting in any of these kind of movies that, you know, I've written just enough stuff. I haven't been too good lately. My brain hasn't been allowing me. But as Ryan, quote, I'll quote Ryan once, my, br my brain done broke. My brain um, done broke. Is you think about those things when you're writing about uh, horror trying to write a screenplay is, and especially vampire, well, it didn't have to be vampires, but anybody that feeds on somebody is like, who are they feeding on and how could you justify it? Well, one of the old tropes obviously is, you know, I watch enough true crime as most people seem to anymore, or at least white people. <laughs> it seems like a fucking white people thing. True crime. Um, is you start to find out in certain parts of the United States and stuff, there's a whole lot of people going missing, like all the time. Well, obviously, from a horror standpoint, it's pretty easy to justify. Oh, well, I'll just have you know these vampires or whoever. I think it could be Jason. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Abduct people all day long, and uh, 
hide the body and people go, nope, somebody else is missing. You realize they can kind of get away with this kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't remember why I was going on that tangent. What were we talking about? Abductions (laughs) or something. I don't know. I was so busy going off on. (laughs) But I think when you're watching these things, oh, I know, it's a guy on the ice where you're wondering where people go, what the fuck happened to this guy on the ice? Right. No. A lot of times they're pretty good at hiding them and really hiding them. But every once in a while, if you see a guy like the one on your screen behind you just hanging, people go, well, I thought they were pretty good, especially in Matt Reeves' version, the new one. Uh, It was... It's funny because House of the Devil talked about this too, about the early 80s, about everybody thinking about satanic cults. And he says that all the time. We think this Mm -hmm. is a satanic cult. We think this is a satanic cult. And I think it's funny that you have two different writers obsessing over early 80s. uh, What was that called? Satanic panic. Satanic panic. And it was like people went, fuck yeah, satanic cult. 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 Satanic cult. When it was obvious that it was, duh, vampires. (laughs) Why don't, why don't everybody ever no give vampires even, credit? Yeah, no one ever guesses a vampire. I mean, I'm doing just fine. I've been one for years. Hey, you were talking about vampire lore earlier. I meant to research this. Done, ran out of time. What's with the, uh, you've got to invite me in vampire thing. Do you know anything about that? Funny you should say this. I um, figured I'd go to an expert on vampires. I, I don't. I, that's a great, 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 great. Thing, and I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, so, listeners, you can now officially, I said it on the last episode, but you can now officially email us your thoughts, questions, feelings at blackoosepresents at gmail.com. We don't have an official website up and running yet. It's okay. And presents uh, is with a plural blackoosepresents presents at gmail.com. And uh, why don't you tell me some shit about vampires? Because I don't know why they have to be invited into your home. We'll take any comments. You can tell us we suck. You can tell us we love this. You can tell us what you want to hear. I mean, what you'd like to hear us talk about. Anything. We yeah, set it up it's for fun. a reason. It's, we always joke that there was fake. It's real now. Blackgoosepresents at gmail.com. Yep. You go got nuts. it. I'll go put nuts. it on the Instagrams so you know exactly where to go. I'm going to put it on Facebook, too, and tell people. Whatever you want to do, hit us up there. Yeah. So um, Ryan checks I, I it. Just, I don't. So I'll have to say to Ryan, did you get any? <laughs> I'll just give you the login. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I was kind of curious about that. I wrote that down because. I know I read about it once years ago, but I couldn't tell you what it is. You know, it's always funny where you hear how those things start. And a lot of times people go, that's not actually where it started. But <laughs> right. I like that he basically says, why does that happen? And she's like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, she goes, I don't, I don't fucking I know. I knew you would stop it. It's like Eventually. pretty violent. Yeah. I actually think it's probably more violent in the first one. It's yeah, the it's like bleeding out of different areas. Like well, she's, It's like bleeding body. around her scalp. And I was like, yeah. I, yeah. You know, everybody has their isms. I have skin isms, you know. I don't like, as I get older and things start to kind of grow in my body and everything, you're always like, what's going on? What's going on with my skin? What's going on with my skin? So uh, I'm bleeding I, out of my face again. Yeah, I don't want skin, you know, body horror is a genre, genre, and it's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. so when I see blood just pooling out of parts of people's bodies, like, ugh, no thanks. Yeah, it's uh, not that anybody says, yay, thanks, but I'm just saying that's one thing of horror that I go, I don't need to see this anymore. Yeah, Somebody can chop a head of- off and just chuck it over a cliff, and I go, oh, that's fine. <laughs> If somebody does that to me, I'm not going to know. 
Yeah, body horror is real. Ugh, that Cronenberg type stuff I don't messes like with me. I don't. I don't always, but I always like that though because it feels. Uh, I mean, maybe not. I don't always like body horror necessarily, but things that kind of deal with that—that that kind of mutation. Uh, makes I don't know when some a brilliant special effects artist comes up with something that you just see and you go, what the fuck is that? Is that a person? Right. Is that a bear? Is that like I immediately think of like Annihilation or something where it's like with Screamy Bear and oh, yeah. like what what is that? Like your brain kind of and it's kind of like in this one where you see Ellie as a vampire and she's older and so your brain says no that's her but that's not her and it really kind of it just messes with you and i love horror that does that that does just enough to be like you're unsettled right i don't have to throw it in your face this is a vampire hero shot moment oh watch up close and okay now she's not a vampire anymore but just so you know she's a fucking vampire it's like you do this thing that just makes you feel weird and different because your brain doesn't know how to comprehend what it even is I oh don't sure know. I think uh, David Lynch is kind of the king of that. That's what I like about him. Oh, that fucking thing? From Eraserhead? Yeah. Was that baby? Yeah. Which, there's theory Ugh. that that was actually something that they kind of built out of like a calf fetus and other things. They always say no one will talk about it. Uh-huh. Kind of like as by today's standards, people go, what'd you do? But I think they went out and found something and just modified it. And it was like, Ugh. But anyway, definitely holds up. Icky, icky, icky. Icky, icky, sticky, icky. Okay, grossness. Um, we don't have to be wrapping this up by saying this, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ask this flat out. So, you still stand by that? Let the right one in is the better film. Yes, I, I do, but I will give it the caveat that you said earlier, which they're kind of different films. Um, Apples and oranges. Yeah, I think Let the Right One In captures this beautiful stillness and this this kind of stark beauty in all of this death and chaos and everything. And this poor kid that is just kind of bullied and kind of left to his own devices. And, and I think it's a really beautiful kind of tale. I think I can take away from it uh, maybe take points away from it because once you start thinking about how old a vampire is and if she would actually be romantically interested in a 12 year old boy, who knows whatever. But I think on, on its head as a kind of like a beautiful kind of love story, I think it's, I think it's gorgeous. I think let me in how handles the idea of, the other side of that arrangement, which is she needs someone to handle her business. And so she's going to kind of take this guy into the future with her. So it seems a little less romantic and a little more opportunistic and horror horrific, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think they're two totally different films. I think if I look at the source material, which I haven't read, so I can't really speak to, um, again, I want to give it to the Swedish one. And I, I don't know if it's just bias. I don't know if it's just, um, that's just how I feel. I feel like I like their relationship better. Well, I would, um, let me interject and say, yeah, one. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Or I'll talk. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't want to cut you <laughs> off, but you said something that I wanted to point out is that 
if let the right, excuse me, if let me in had been made first, and then two years later, mm-hmm. let the right one had been made. I mean, first of all, some people would probably say outrageous, but I think that they still would be the same two films. What I mean is you're still going to be drawn to one over the other. I do right. think that there's an instant disdain for let me in because so many people that are being purist and fuck that. I hate that shit. But, you know, it's like, how dare they? It's like, it still exists. They didn't delete the other film. You, but, you know, let, they it, just let an artist in be, on it. Well, but at the same time, let an artist be on <laughs> I mean, I think no, Matt Reeves is an artist. I think Matt Reeves is an artist for sure. And I, I'm such a big fan of Greg Frazier as a cinematographer. I think this is, this is, this is still an art film. I think Let Me In is still an art film. I do believe that. I think it's probably more amped up to 11. Like I said, it's Judas Priest's take on the song, which is fucking great because we, how much did we talk about the one car scene where, you know, they don't yeah. have that original. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's that uh, at the end of the day, I think when I close my eyes and I kind of visualize, my brain tends to visually go to let the right one in. It seems like more of the classical song version, you know, the beautiful mm-hmm. You know, the strings get more up-tempo here and strong, but then it comes down, but it's always kind of more of an eloquent take where uh, I think Let Me In gets a little more, fuck yeah, dudes. And and as we've what? talked about it today, I've, and I, yeah, and I agree with you totally. I think as we talked about it today, I realized more and more this viewing, especially that it's not as cranked up as I thought it was. And right. I think that's I what pisses that. me off about it is, a few key moments could have been handled differently, maybe more practically, I'll just say it, like the car crash scene and stuff, and just felt more real and lived in. I would have been, I mean, I think this this could have maybe won the battle a little bit more. And I, I hate to be nitpicky, but, you know, a few things just kind of take take me out of it a little bit in the sense of of what I ex- I guess you go into it with expectations and like you said if I saw them opposite if I saw let me in first you know would I would I like it more who knows I man that's I a tough so. call because they're both so good I will give you that there were parts in let me in where I thought this is like David Fincher or something this is like Zodiac right. or something right. I mean it's just good point. just looked so good so good and it never well, felt they did too such a good job at they and both of them but it let me in i'll give them you know they did such a good job of world building i mean you're there mm-hmm. it's oh, 83 yeah. it fills 83 it's like everything about it there's not a false note in that i think the only false notes we've already hit on a thousand times which is a little cgi you know yeah. even the burning bed felt a little bit like eh, they probably could do that better in playstation 5 right now you know <laughs> so it just kind of but that's why you know that's why an Evil Dead 2 can hold up because they don't fucking have any of that. You know, that's why yeah. Kubrick does hold up because everything is practical. Everything's practical. And it all comes back to practical. It all comes back to practical. And if you're going to do CGI, I think it has to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, speaking of David Fincher, there's nobody doing using more CGI on the face of the planet than him because you find out, oh, that guy's in a green room. They rebuilt literally everything, including the blood coming out of his nose. But he's such a purist, it usually holds up. But yeah, I think if there's going to be a quote-unquote winner, it's let the right one in. But come on, it's apples and oranges. Um, I think let me you in. Gotta you watch, watch both them both. Of these people, and I love, I love, I love them both. 
end of story. I love them both. I love yeah. Them both. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this, this whole thing stems back to a conversation so many years ago where you said, you have to watch this film. And I said, fuck that. I'm not, why bother? Why do I want to watch the American version of something that was already perfect? And man, God damn it. It's still really good. <laughs> it's I just, still really good. I just, uh, I feel more things when I watch Let the Right One In. But I'm more terrified. I'm a, I, I will say I am a little bit more terrified in Let Me In merely because of that car, the car scene. I just think it's a masterpiece of dread and suspense that you just, you realize you stop breathing at a certain point. Because you're just wondering, how the fuck are, is he going to get out of this? How is he going to get, is he still going to go? Like, because you expect at a certain point, another kid gets in that car, they stop at that gas station, just get out and run. Just go. But he still tries to to get that kid while the other guy's inside. Like, what was the plan there? Is it to well, knock him out and drive knew, away real again, quick? I think it's being it's crazy. an older guy, you feel like he's not going to run off. Teenager True. Yeah. Takes his ass down and say, yeah, "What's your problem, bitch?" Or he by the hell <laughs> old as he was, he probably tried to run off. They'd run in, and get the other kids, and they'd haul off and get him. So, <laughs> no, it's a perfect scene because you can feel it in your bones. Feel it in your fingers. You feel it in your bones. A little love actually there. Um, oh. Never mind, actually. Nice. I, think it is. I have no idea. Christmas all around you. There's another question I have, and I won't keep you all day, I promise. We'll wrap this no, up in fine. a second. How often are people ice skating in New Mexico? They all seem pretty used to it. They all have their own skates. They're going well, I know out to a up pond in the and mountains. ice skating. I know in the mountains there's a lot of skiing in New Mexico. Uh, okay. Because I thought the first thing, too, when they said New Mexico, in the New Mexico fucking desert. Fuck but then I was like, no, shot. Santa Fe, New Mexico, I think not too far out. I'm probably wrong. Again, you can tell us at Black Goose Presents at gmail.com. But I know <laughs> somewhere around Santa Fe, Taos, if you drive far enough, you're skiing. So there's probably, uh, what was it? Los Alamos? Los Alamos or something like that. Los Alamos, where all the nuclear testing was. So anyway, maybe they have a winner. Oh, oh. That opening shot of them driving that ambulance and everything through. That was another American thing. Yeah. Open, open with the big moment and then go yeah. two weeks earlier. Yeah. It's funny. I'm glad you said that because I've grown extremely tired of two or three weeks earlier. I hate it. I hate I it too. It. But on this one, it was very American and decision, but in some ways I went, yeah, it works. Oh, it still works. It, it puts you into a, what the fuck? Right. And because you have where, to have that moment. Well, I think that it's a bigger discussion, but I think the problem is unfortunately is studios are saying, oh, we can't start out quietly with a kid saying squeal like a pig. And mm-hmm. we introduced a little girl. I mean, they're going to, American audiences aren't going to go for this. Bored. Our they're test, not- our focus group show. All right, we'll start with, the guy screaming with massive burns and blah, 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 you know, all this. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know. Anyway, you realize that that may or may not have been a Matt Reeves decision. That might've been a studio decision. Yeah. Well, we know one thing, you got to come out swinging and you go, Jesus, it's kind of like 2001. I mean, uh, 2021, it's kind of like the year it says, let's come out swinging. Let's let's just show let's just, let's just let's just really show everyone what they're in let's for. Let's just show them that 2021 is not going to fuck around, but we won't go down that path. Speaking so, of which, there's a literal dumpster fire in in Let Me. I know, in. I, it's funny. I loved it. I was like, how appropriate dumpster fire. 
that's another thing. It's like they lock him out of the school, I know, but it, that whole scene kind of bothers me in both, only in the sense that it's like, we're going to tell everybody just to leave the gymnasium. So they're all going to leave and stay left. And then I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a dumpster fire. I'm going to lock the one teacher out. I guess there's no custodian. He's great we're gonna, though. We're going to torture this kid. Yeah, that all kind of, but they are kids. It's like they fucking know. That's a pretty elaborate plan just to torture a kid. There's many a times where you think, couldn't you just torture him on the way home? No, we're going to go into the middle of the school and, you know what I mean? All right. this, around him. It's like, if you're really just a piece of shit, which this kid clearly is, it's like, say, oh, when he walks home, we're just going to drag him into the woods and, you know, beat him up or I'm going to cut him with this knife. But it's like, no, we're going to do this whole pool thing. I don't know. Everything about us, that's a really elaborate plan. It'd be one thing if they got him in there in the middle of the night when no one's there, but it's literally school. There's tons yeah. of kids around and they just go, leave, everybody leave. And everybody, eh. If it was any other school, there'd be people hanging out saying, what the fuck's going on? I mean, I, yeah. I know. It was not a on the film, but I remember both times watching it kind of going, it's kind of an elaborate plan just to... No, you're bagging on the book. What's that? I said, no, you're bagging on the book. Well, you're bagging yeah. bagging on the source I, material. Yes. <laughs> it seemed like it was like, oh, this is a really elaborate plan to fuck with this kid. But yeah, about those in many movies where we kind of go, it's like in House of the Devil. It's like, why don't you just abduct a chick? Why do you go through this elaborate yeah. babysitter, a order a pizza? You got to order a pizza. Pizza. Don't forget to order a pizza. Don't forget to order a pizza. It's hey, really college important kids that you love order pizza. pizza. It's and make really sure you get a pizza. It's Look, really important that you order a pizza. You She's should like, get a pepperoni okay, pizza. Fine. Jesus, I'll order a fucking pizza. <laughs> what if she doesn't order a pizza? I don't know what we'll do if she doesn't order this fucking pizza. I think we did it. I think we did. I think uh, it's hard to crown a winner, but uh, yeah, I agree. I like the art house. Uh, stark quiet nature of let the right one in i think it makes the bigger moments that much bigger and and uh just the grisly stark nature of death out in the cold and draining people in the way i don't know it's just it all it all works you know what it i didn't hurt realize that it's sweden and as right. americans it just seems yeah. like everything about that's like that's sweden that's sweden all the time <laughs> well, Phil, you know what i mean it makes yeah. you go oh, i bet sweden's always like that well, and just like any foreign film, I feel like the characters seem more real because they're not Hit Girl and the guy from Step Brothers. You oh know, my the God! Guy from Step Brothers. I gotta let not, me interrupt you, know. you and say exactly that. I'm glad you said that. I thought that about Chloe. I I mm-hmm. thought you know she does kind of take her out her because she's yeah. a Hollywood star. Where the girl, yeah, from Let the Right One In, is like I looked up to see if they've only done like a couple of films each since then. They haven't done mm-hmm. much, so they kind of pulled a. Uh, What's his name from uh, Danny from uh, The Shining? He got done. He's like, I'm done. Yeah, Chloe, she's really active. Like, she does a lot of, um, she's really active, like, politically and stuff. I mean, right. she's she's uh, she's doing a lot on that end of things. But, yeah, it's a. Uh, I kind of uh, feel that way about most Hollywood films. It's like, you know, if you're supposed to be brought into something, it's hard to not go, oh, it's Tom Hanks. Oh, so you said Tom Hanks. Once you said Tom, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to say Tom Cruise. That's who I was just thinking of. But well, yeah, Tom right. Cruise, Tom too. Hanks. But I think anytime you have a film where you know nobody in it and you can't go, hey, that's the guy from, it always makes it seem more real. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's a very mumblecore thing. Just kind of yeah. grabbing regular people off the street and say, dude, just be in this scene. Which of course, makes it more real because it is real. Yeah, you watch like mid '90s or something, and all these kids are just so great because they're just a bunch of skater punk kids. Yeah, you don't know who any of these people are. Right. Um, 
Well, man, this has been this has been a blast. I keep looking at the snow on this screen and feel cold, but it's probably just because I'm in my basement. Um, as always, thank you to everyone for listening and sharing the podcast and telling your friends about it and stuff. Um, we will uh, try and get uh, keep this thing on schedule and keep new stuff coming. Let us Talk know to at, at blackgoosepresents at gmail.com, please. Yeah, please. I think that'd be that'd be awesome. I'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, and your suggestions for films that you think are worthy enough for us to talk for roughly three hours about. It seems like <laughs> this is a fun one. Yeah, this is awesome. We're not going to do this very often. There's not a lot of films you could do this with because I'll end by saying, I think we started by saying this. You know, these films were almost in the grand scheme of things made pretty close to each other, which is why I guess the producer of uh, Let Me In originally said oh it's a remake and then he backpedaled and said no mm. you know matt reeves was basically given the book and said we got the english rights go nuts so he did his take well i mean if you're following the plot points of the book which they apparently both did it's going to be very similar but mm -hmm. that's not going to happen very often we'll talk about it at some point but you know uh the remake of uh, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Texas Chainsaw, and my favorite, Evil Dead, are all pretty fucking kick-ass. And you could do mm -hmm. exactly what Ryan and I are doing right now, but it wouldn't be the same. Because to me, those are just hardcore remakes. Where, oh, I mean, yeah. you could, but to me, this is source material at almost the same time in history saying, hey, two directors, go nuts, and let's see what you guys come up with. Where mm -hmm. I think when you're handed a film that's 30, 40 years old and say remake, there's such, you know, there's such a history and lore and fan base and everything behind it that influences it. So yeah. it's just a whole different take on it because it's kind of like dipshit J.J. Abrams being handed Star Wars and then the evil Ryan Johnson, not our lovely Ryan Johnson, <laughs> to me fucking it up in the sense that you're like, but at the same time, understanding that they're like, do you know the pressure I'm in? The, the love there is for oh, this God. franchise and these characters? Well, that ultimately was not the case at this point. I mean, there, people liked Let the Right One In, don't get me wrong. But when Let Me In was probably already greenlit, people really didn't know the first one that well. It had literally just premiered at a film festival. So it was mm -hmm. just starting. So it was starting to get its love out there while Matt Reeves was kind of in production on his. So in the grand scheme of thing, you could almost argue they were kind of being kind of birthed into the world at the exact same time. So yeah, it's, well, fun to, it's fun to see two artists take on source material. Yeah, well, and if you look at the timeline, I mean, this was, what, 2010 when Let Me In came out. Kick-Ass right. came out in 2010. So, right. I mean, even Chloe wouldn't have probably been as beholden to me as, sure, 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 as sure, Hit Girl sure. at the time this came out. So, um, yeah, man, I just think it's a – I definitely do think it's an accomplishment. You know, I think the verdict is out on, on is it, uh, you know uh, – and a, just an American version of a Swedish book, or if he actually like really was influenced by the other film, I don't know. We'll Put your know. shot by shot comparisons next to each other and convince me. I don't know who knows, but well, I say with this is it. Uh, this is Black Goose presents. I'm Wade Hampton, and I'm Ryan A. Johnson. Shout out to Andy Matlock as always for the amazing uh, music and sound engineering. He's a third yes. member of the team. God bless him. The ghost in the machine. Say hi. Ghost Andy. in the machine. Hi, Andy. Hi, guys. Uh, well, I love you, Wade. Love you too, brother. And goodbye to all everyone who listens. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Goodbye. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.